All right. Hey, we haven't done this in a while. Welcome back to, to fights. We're not going to say a word about all the uh, out of the cage stuff because it's just too much to cover, and it's just going to be us, you know, using a half hour to say like that the UFC is bad and dumb, and like that's just you know a waste of time. So here we go for alternate commentary. Uh, we'll definitely post the video, but we'll also post an audio version, and uh, we'll be more diligent about saying like what times things are happening at. You can watch it simultaneously in the future. Uh, yeah, it's me, it's uh, Sriram, and we're both fight site writers. Uh, we're actually both department heads, which is really cool and fancy of us to do. Um, so yeah, check check us out. We're important. Yeah, we're watching UFC 249, uh, Cowboy vs. Pettis 2 just finished up. We both very much enjoyed that performance from Anthony Pettis, uh, specifically his counterpunching off the back foot, also just that he pressured and, like, forced the offense out of Cowboy and then countered it. That was really cool. And then uh, we were both just remarking on how, like, for two guys that are a little bit approaching physically shot compared to what they used to be, uh, they're still putting it together pretty well, and that was a pretty inspired performance out of both of them. Uh, so, Shriram, tell me tell me about your thoughts on, you know, that fight and also any other prelims that you thought uh, stood out, because I did not watch any other fights. Yeah, uh... That was that was fun. I pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh, Pettis kicked off, uh, punched off kicks well. He uh, did some cool counter punching stuff, like you know, cutting angles. As run, uh did his weird running forward stuff, uh, countered in combos. It was it was a decent performance. It was just you know, it felt like Cowboy was kind of busier, but glad he got the win because Pettis deserved it. The prelims, uh, ugly, 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 really, really oh. ugly, <laughs> just <laughs> gross. Um, there there was a women's fight that I don't really want to talk about. Uh, Verdum being <laughs> shot. Uh, Luke looking shot. Luke, Luke Price was the best fight of the bunch by, by a mile. Um, he, Luke looked awful. Price looked better than usual at winning rounds somehow. Cause like he couldn't just boom Luke, uh, even though, you know, Luke is kind of primed to be boomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he got his eye absolutely destroyed. Like it was, it, it was disgusting. He got his eye just blown up by a left hook and the, the fight got stopped. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? I don't. I don't remember. Bryce Mitchell looked kind of good. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah. Bryce Mitchell um, destroyed Rosa. Just uh, tried to twist her him and arm triangle him like twenty times between the fight. Uh, Rosa's yeah, hard so. to submit. He's uh, he's tough in that in that respect. Yeah. He got thirty twenty four though. So <laughs> moral victory. How was uh, how was Mitchell getting him down? Uh, he was uh, okay. Well, one of them was off uh, Rosa doing a Weidman in the third round. He did he did a he dumb did spinning, spinning kick. kick. Yeah, it was <laughs> the other ones were just takedowns off the cage, I believe. I don't remember a ton about it, but uh, yeah, Mitchell looked good. Rosa, uh, he looked good at like submission defense because he like kept doing the answer the phone thing to the arm triangle and. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but past that, it was a uh, it was it was dire for him. This is totally not on subject at all. But you know, speaking of good you know submission defense. No one ever talks about this, but you've seen uh, Benavidez versus Demetrius Johnson one recently enough to remember details from it. Uh, not not super recently, but I'll probably like you know that that was a good fight. So I do you remember when Benavidez rocked him and then had the uh, the mounted guillotine and oh, DJ yeah. like basically shrimps out of it, but like he shrimps vertically and he's just like so frantically tucking his knees and and getting out of the full mount and like getting his hooks in, like his butterfly hooks in, like. Getting his yeah, knees was, through the, the guard. That yeah, was like that some was of the most like, efficient, urgent, impressive submission defense I've ever seen. Like, I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> that was worth talking about. That was crazy. Yeah. Oh. I'm make Jesus. a gif of that someday. 
So USC 249 is uh, starting. They're doing the video packages and, and such. So is Greg Hardy the first fight? Yeah, I don't really. That's... Uh... <laughs> but then we got Cater, so... Yeah, yeah, Cater Stevens is cool. Let's talk about Cater Stevens and then uh, just be interrupted by the, the Hardy fight. Uh, so I'll, I'll lead off because you're the expert, so I want to just get my two cents in before you be an expert on it. Um yeah, I'm a big Cater stan as well, but I've definitely studied him less than uh, like Shuram and Danny, so I'm not going to try to describe his game too well. But in my mind, uh, you know, his issues are like he's not so great at pressure, and sometimes he thinks he needs to be pressuring, but he really shouldn't be because he's really clean and tidy and does lots of great things as a boxer on the back foot. And when he's out fighting or like at mid-range, uh, he looks really good there. It's just like when people push him out of his comfort zone or they like can match him in those respects and like take away some weapons and like batter his legs like Moik did but he can get in some trouble there uh he's re- i think he's really athletic um really strong uh and i think maybe that's an underrated aspect of his game you kind of saw it with fishgold even though fishgold was like going full steam like cater got kind of caught off guard he still like reactively impressed me with like his hips and just the way he was moving and then in the zabi fight you kind of saw that he's he's tough to grapple with um which i predicted so I'm very smart on, in that respect. Smartest guy on the team. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much a genius. Uh, yeah, and then Stevens is like equally bad at pressure, but more enthusiastic about it. Is like more used to doing it. It's just not technically good, and uh, it doesn't work very often because of that. Um, he he has leg kicks, like it's a, a technique he is good at, but he doesn't really have a game that like makes them work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like a matter of do you check leg kicks or not. When you're standing still and nothing else is happening, um, and then he, he's just good when people, uh, you know, aren't good in the back foot or like they're willing to get into the pocket with him. He usually bangs people in, in those areas, um, just because he does swing fast and hard, and he's he's good like in a vacuum in those situations. So like it just doesn't seem like Stevens really has the tools to get Cater uncomfortable, and he can't match him at the range of the fights we're probably gonna be at. And I think he just kind of dots him up. Uh, that was more than I expected to say. What are your thoughts? It's pretty much the same. I think a lot of what Cater does is kind of awful for Stevens in terms of, you know, being capable on the back foot, being a solid jabber, which is something that uh, Moicano kind of destroyed Stevens with that when Stevens would, like, do his lunging stuff to, like, cover distance. He'd just, like, stand his ground and jab, and Stevens would be like, what? But uh, he's he's a very good counterpuncher, Cater is. Um, he's That's one thing that I think Cater thinks he's worse at than he is, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. a lot of what he does is like trying to draw reactions out and stuff, and he's very good at that. But I think that kind of locks him into pressuring when he's actually better at like allowing guys to lead and killing them there. But uh, most, probably most importantly, is that he's a really deep fighter in like what he does. He's just not particularly broad, but mm-hmm. I think that depth is going to protect him because uh, what Stevens does is he's like against Emmett, for example. It was like Emmett getting super predictable, doing the same sort of in-out stuff that Team Alpha yeah. Male guys always do and steven's eventually caught on right but cater oh man that, that was bad but cater uh, he's he's good at building off those reactions that he sees he's terrific defensively at least to punches to kicks he's i don't think he's as bad as people think because mm-hmm. i would i think he's average maybe below average at like liking kicks and at dealing with kicks but <laughs> It's like it's hard to quantify when the kicker he faced that like absolutely destroyed him was my pick for the best kicker in MMA. Mm-hmm. So 
it's it's hard to say. And I think the Stevens fight might be a good gauge of it. But he's he's beaten his his fair share of kickers with Andre Feely and Ricardo Lamas. I think this is a, a pretty solid win for him in terms of. And I think Stevens is in in a bad place right now. Oh yeah, like missed weight by four point five pounds and. Just hasn't been on a good career arc at the moment. Not on a definitely on the downswing. Just on optics alone. I mean, the Yair fight was weird because he like got hurt a million times, but then kind of looked strong near the end of it. His cardio was okay. I don't know. So it's it's a tough one to figure out. Um, it seems like we'll have some time here. So let's talk about more fights. Tell me your initial reads on Ngannou uh, Rosenstruck because you know that's a fight that. I hadn't thought very hard about. I'm just like, oh yeah, this will be like uh, Ingana Lewis, just based on nothing. I think that. So what, what's your what's your read there? Yeah, I don't think there's a ton to think about it. <laughs> it's uh, it's Ngannou. We we all know what Ngannou does. He, because I mean, doing? I actually kind of I actually kind of think he's he's regressed because oh, no. if you look at uh, if you look at some of his earlier ones when he was like confident leading. He did some like weird stuff that good boxers might do more thoughtfully, but like he had like an instinctual feel for it, right? Like mm-hmm. one of his finishes was like uppercutting to draw someone's guard towards the center, and then like doubling up on a hook, and then uppercutting twice through the guard. It was it was a weird yeah. thing, and like obviously his opponent was no good, but it was it was one where like you could kind of see him liking leading a bit more, where now he's just he's a counterpuncher. He's pretty much a pure counterpuncher now. He's not really like a hair trigger type counterpuncher. It's more like if guys get into like really messy sort of exchanges against him and like, you know, like Overeem did, like squared up throwing a dumb mm-hmm. overhand. Junior yeah. Dos Santos uh, doing doing that, whatever that was. The rainbow um, overhands. That, that was the worst punch I've ever seen in MMA. I'm, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. But yeah, that that's what Nganu does. Rosenstroik, I think his conservatism probably hurt him against Overeem. Mm. Because he could have just come out like he did against Arlovsky and like beaten him up, like pressured and like counter kicked and stuff. But against Ngannou, I have a sense it's going to help because Ngannou's not really going to pull the trigger on stuff past a certain point when he isn't confident on you doing yeah. heavyweight contractually obligated. That's kind of where like the Lewis read comes from. It's just like this guy is a little too, a little too much to you know charge in on. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this but you know you hope that after that atrocity occurred his coaching staff if he has one like the people managing him would be like hey let's make sure that never happens again because that, that'll be like the death of your career if you have another one of those uh, probably not because you have see definitely needs heavyweights and they can just feed him cans and he'll kill them um like literally kill them and that'll be good press uh so i don't Given know what they want out of this COVID thing that's exactly the press they want what does uh jair zeno do what's he like I've seen it a bit, but I don't know. It's kind of just like jab, um, check hook. That's great. That's yeah, awesome. like for heavyweight, it's terrific. He's uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Oh yeah, counter kicking too. That's that's the Shevchenko part. Mm-hmm. He, and I think that's kind of what's gonna give Ngannou like it's the kind of twist to the Lewis one because after Lewis, Ngannou started like leg kicking a little bit, and, and it's it was it wasn't really like a dedicated game. It was more like to get people to do something to him so that he could get into those exchanges that he likes. Mm-hmm. But Rosen might just counter kick him, and Ngannou will like stop kicking, which is kind of my read on this because like Ngannou's face no particularly sound kickers, and yeah. Rosen's stroke he's not gonna like. Ideally, he's not gonna you know turn his back and run away or something like that. So y'all cowards won't even fight Shamil. <laughs> oh yeah, Shamil is the best heavyweight on the planet, obviously. Shamil would beat both of these guys. Easily. In the same night. 
Because they both open with a kick and he would catch it and take them down. They'd be like, shit, I didn't plan for this. <laughs> the Sonda background. Yeah. No one's seen it. That's my only Shamil talking point. <laughs> hey, there's there's the time he actually did cool things against Tabora. Actually, that's not worth talking about. Uh, he, uh, he knocked out Chase Sherman. I think he did some cool backflip boxing stuff. I don't remember, though. Because yeah, Chase Sherman is a high-level striker. I believe he has a Muay Thai black belt. Oh, uh, yeah. He has the... He has the dark, Kung Fu or dark blue, blue, which is Pridgey. very close to black, if you didn't know. <laughs> he has the karate yellow belt. I remember uh, it, it might have been Brendan Schaub. I, I hoped it was, but I remember around, like, you know, when I was watching, like, 2011-ish, like, when I started to, like, really, really get into it, uh, I, ch- I was checking out Brendan Schaub's wiki page, and it said he had a green belt in Defendo. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know what that, if it was him or that's what it was, but now I have to look it up, and I'm sorry if anyone hears my keyboard, but this, I need to know this. I'm just going to look at Brennan Schaub, Defendo. <laughs> no, it's not coming up. Fuck. It had to have come from somewhere. Oh. It might be. It might be a reason. Oh, I have to listen to this podcast. I have to listen to 25 minutes of him talking. Hear about Defendo. Alright, if anyone wants to hear about Defendo, it's this Bloody Elbow article entitled, it's a fan post. Of course it's a fan post. It's a fan post from Josh Nason, which seems, that strikes me as a fake name, but I'm sorry if that's your real name. Um, But I made fun of it. Not that it's your name. It's a fine name to have. Then the article is titled Brandon Schaub, USC 134 Opportunity in Brazil, A Dream Come True. At the end, it says Schaub also discusses the USC 129 Toronto experience. It's a great card. The fighting style of Defendo, Bloodsport, Steven Seagal, and more in this 25 minute clip available for stream or download. Um, so, you know, if people like to torture themselves and listen to 25 minutes of Brandon Schaub, uh, and listen to that for me and tell me about Defendo so I can, you know, figure this out and what a green belt entails in it. <laughs> I mean, obviously black belt's number one and it makes you defensively impenetrable. I don't know, Defendo mm-hmm. might be like reverse where like the closer to the, the lighter color belts you are, the better you are. So he might be like a purple belt, equal, you know, level. I had a green belt once in uh, in karate. Did I? I sh- yeah, we did. We had green belts. I started karate at like five, and then I just stopped going for no reason. I don't know. It wasn't. It would have been more fun if I was more into it at the time. But I was like six or seven when I started going, and I only went because my sister was going, and like I wasn't that into it. So I think it probably would have been more fun. I just remember one of the things we did was uh, like at the end of practice. I don't know if you'd call it practice at the end of class. Um, they would take like the kick shields and stack them. And we would like line up and everyone would run and then jump over it. You'd start with one and everyone would jump over the one. And once everyone went, you'd do two. And it'd be like an elimination game. And like people were like hurtling these things like this close to the ceiling. And like it was always very impressive to me. And now I wonder how tall they actually were and how high people were actually jumping. Um, like now, today, that would be very fun trying to jump over shit. But at the time, I was a little pussy. So I wasn't that into it. <laughs> I mean, it's. It's rough when you're a kid. <laughs> Just in general. It sucks. <laughs> Everything sucks. Life sucks when you're a kid. And in uh, general. Middle school. Middle school's bad. Oh, yeah. 
How's high school for you, Zero? Is that good? Not good. No, not good? I mean, the best it's been so far is college, but that's kind of just neutral, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, yeah. Pretty much everything. Neutral, neutral or chaotic neutral? I'm not cool enough for chaotic neutral. neutral. good. It's, it's true neutral. It's <laughs> absolute neutral. You're Mr. Mr. True Neutral. As neutral as they get. If someone ships me a grill, I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to you. Greg Hardy is walking out. Greg Hardy is good at punching hard, right? That's his main skill. I don't even think so. And That's cheating. the funny part. I don't know. I just remember, like, he's knocked some people out, and it looked like his punches had some steam behind him. And then uh, the one Adams knockout, like, it was stupid. It was a stupid knockout, but, like... The way he probably shouldn't have gotten knocked out by those punches. I was like, wait, does he have like Brock Lesnar power where he's not really throwing things well at all, but he still hits stupid hard? I mean, the the read that I've kind of had is that the guys he's facing are kind of like like crumbling like mentally <laughs> before they even face him. Like it's it's a weird read to have, right? But like he's not facing guys who can be trusted to keep their composure at all. Mm-hmm. So he's getting like these weird volume finishes while supposed to be a like super dynamic athletic football puncher. Right. But, like, you know, against, like, Volkov kind of just kicked him from the outside and, like, looked kind of freaked out. So when he funny him. that he fought Volkov. <laughs> that was that was dumb. <laughs> but you had that, and then you had, uh, like, yeah, the Adams fight was just Adams, like, shitting the bed, to put it in the, the most obvious way, where it's, like, he just dove underneath him and, like, ate a, ate a ton of punches. So I'm, like, not sure if he, like, That was the weirdest him. shot of all time. I've watched, I've actually watched a couple of Juan Adams matches from college, because he was, like, a decent D1 starter uh, for VMI. And, like, he was the upper body on everybody who's going, like, you know, clinch-based upper body takedowns on everyone. I don't know why he would – I guess he was, like, oh, Randy Couture strategy. Like, the guy who only can throw punches, I'm just going to, you know, hit him low with a, my patented stretch myself out low single, like my, my you know, slip and slide single. This will work. <laughs> yeah. And then you had Smolyakov, which is just nothing. That was funny, so, yeah. yeah I guess Literally nothing happened there. Yeah, so it's just, you know, like, it's hard to call him anything, if that makes sense. A bad person, perhaps. Well, yeah, that... <laughs> I could call him that. Yeah, that, that's a good thing to call him. That's about where I land. What about Jorgen de Castro? I want to respect him, because I've heard many good things about him as a person. And I think he does low kicks. So that's yeah. already two of my criteria. He does low kicks. He does... He did one counterpunch against Justin oh, Taffa. But nice. Taffa did, like, a Stevens thing. But like he like out he like ran forward like this uh-huh. and then like you know trying to back him up and DeCastro is like I'll punch you and then, and then <laughs> so I'm not sure whether he's a good counter puncher he tries to counter punch I mean the, it's the thought that counts it's heavy yeah I think just overall in MMA it's the thought that counts yeah I mean that's pretty much the point of Danny's articles right like yeah. if, you, if you try harder you will win yeah no Danny's very smart I agree with him that's like that's the like, he's always going to have his metagame articles, and they're always going to be good, but I don't think he could ever top that one, because it's always going to be true. Yeah. Speaking of Danny, if Cater loses, I'm going to block him. <laughs> He'll deserve it. He earned that. Oh, jeez. Danny's like... The power has gone to his head. Like, he's yeah. too good at this, he knows too much, and then, like... You know, without even doing his research, he'll just, like, throw some shit out there... And, like, it doesn't matter to him at all if he's right or wrong. Or if he's wrong, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother him. But if he's right, he's going to be insufferable to deal yeah. with. And he, he loves it. He loves it. It's like and a sport for him. They're, like, yeah. just ridiculously good reads in retrospect. Yeah, but, like, 
at the time, he won't even have good reasons for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember when against uh, Paradisania Whitaker, that was the funny part where he's like... I had I a think, feeling. <laughs> it's like, I think we're all over overestimating Whitaker's defense a little bit. It's like, okay, yeah, I mean, that, that's fine. And then after the fight, he's like, oh, yeah, I nailed it. Told you, bitch. He got hit. That's defense. Boom. I guess if he was more specific and said the defense that is built into his offense, which is actually a thing we were very extremely high on, and I still am in most yeah. cases, but that was true. So if I that's what you against, meant, Danny, then yeah. Against Izzy, he, he didn't really get timed on entry, did he? Oh, wait, I got to say that it's starting. <laughs> the fight is starting. Greg Hardy, Jorgen DeCastro. It's at 4.54 when I just said that for me. How about you? Uh, for me, it's actually a little bit behind that, but that's fine. Uh, he did do a counterpunch, and he did a low kick. Both of our predictions came true. Nailed it. <laughs> and he checked a kick. Nice. He does have the small, though. Yeah, he looks way smaller here, but he's aggressive, so that's good. Okay, Hardy doesn't check low kicks. We'll see if he knows about counters to low kicks, like straight down the middle. And if he doesn't know that, then I don't see why DeCastro shouldn't just pound it. Yeah, I mean, has anyone low kicked him before? I you think Vol- I like rewatch Greg Hardy fights? Of That's course true. not. I mean, Vol- Volkov kind of just kicked him from the outside a bunch, but there weren't low kicks. De Castro is uh, pretty explosive on the lead. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah, doing, that was nice. doing counterpunching. I'm at 407 now. How about you? I'm 415, so. Okay. I'll try seconds. not to be from the future too much, but it's, it's tough. Yeah, that was a nice counter left up there for, for heavyweight. Ooh. Yeah, Hardy's got a good chin. I'm learning <laughs> that now. Yeah, his physicality overall, I think, is what uh, is going to carry him a bit. Not even just like, you know, you say athleticism, but I feel like athleticism and physicality are a little different. Um, and I think it's more physicality for him. Like, he doesn't super impress me, like, the way he moves. But it might just because be because his mechanics are bad right now. But definitely seems like a guy who is just very big and dense, and it makes it matter. Uh, and DeCastro's unironically kind of impressive as a counterpuncher for heavyweight because, like, mm-hmm. he's somewhat consistent with it from just this fight. Like, yeah. through 90 seconds, he's thrown, like, six or seven. And, and he's parrying, and, like, off his parries, he's kicking, which is cool because yeah. Hardy's punches come from too far. Yeah, like, this is stuff I'd expect only from, like, a Stipe-level heavyweight in terms of just, like, technical details because, like, you know, he's not there yet, obviously, and he might lose this, but... He's trying, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell because the, he's countering Greg Hardy and not, you know, someone better. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it is look, looking very impressive at the moment. He's basically landed every counterpunch he's thrown. Yeah. Or at least, like, on the guard. Oh, that Hardy tried to, like, kick him, and he got... I guess I should take a look at the things Hardy's doing to see if he's doing anything uh, noteworthy or good. He's uh, circling on his jab in isolation. He's head faking with his jab. He's he's shooting. He's level changing on his strikes. Like he's doing things he knows he's supposed to be doing. He's I don't know if he knows why he's doing them or like is doing them for another reason just other than to do them. But you know, is kind of beating him up here, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Hopefully he doesn't uh, gas or something. That'd be unfortunate. And Hardy's the one who needs the inhaler. Did he do that again, or is it just the one time? I think it was just the one time against uh, the the one, the one guy. 
it was only between one round. It wasn't like both rounds or yeah, or I think was it was just one round. Did he finished it the next round. I forget. Uh, I think it went to decision. It was like a weird jabby fight with some nobody. Mm-hmm. The wombat. Combat yes. Wombat. Yes. Okay. That's the one. The one right before Volkov. Gotcha. Hardy is jabbing a lot, and uh, it's not the worst jab. Oh, he's 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 extending the exchanges with uh, DeCastro. He's starting to land because I think he just figured out that DeCastro can't put him out on these counters. So why not just eat them all and hit him? Oh yeah, that's that's a solid read. He's got Cejudo read abilities. <laughs> I mean, when you've got the the tools, why not? Right. You got the hard head. Got to use it. Yeah. His head's not even that big. I'm surprised. Like usually it's the people with the big heads so that can just beat shots like that, but. Yeah, I mean, Cejudo's head is the size of a small country. That's the only reason he, like, can eat him even close to comfortably making Bantam weight is because, like, a lot of the weight is supported by his head. You know, if he had a normal size head, he'd, like, he'd be way too small for Bantam weight. There's an Adam weight of Bantam weight. <laughs> yeah, I like I mean, how he lets himself get really out of shape and fat in between camps. It's cool. I, I admire that. And the stare down with the crew for Cruz was actually pretty shocking because Cruz looked way bigger. It was actually crazy. But how, like, in terms of thickness, how how drastic yeah. was that? Like, how much? Yeah, that was Cejudo. Cejudo was pretty pretty thick. But I mean, Cruz didn't look like super lean next to him either. It was just mm-hmm. he just looked bigger, you know. Cruz does fight super long though, and it's like he's going to be shorter because of his long stance. But then Cejudo also takes a really long stance. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I mean, I. I kind of had the sense coming in that Cruz might, like, do okay, but then after watching Verdum, who has been out for shorter than Cruz has at heavyweight, mm-hmm. I've, I've lost all hope, so now I'm just depressed. No, ring rust isn't real, true on. Oh, uh, yeah. Dom said so. It's just the weight. If ring rust is trying to push you against the fence, you just dig an underhook and, and grab a wrist and turn him off on the underhook side. That's what you do. bait him into rust. a reactive takedown. Yeah, yeah, then you bait it into a reactive takedown. But that's, like, ring rust 101. That's how you deal with that shit. They're showing the highlights of DeCastro low-kicking off uh, Hardy's attempted entries. Basically, just whenever he steps forward, he's kicking, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's solid. DeCastro won that first round, but Hardy had the, the optics at the end. He landed one punch. It was very impressive. Yeah. But it was, you know, he's pressuring. The camera is showing his leg in this red. So we know that he has been kicked hard because you can see it. These are kicks that must be scored because mm-hmm. his leg is red. Score them. That's what they're telling the judges because the judges look at the cameras. Okay, so if you're Hardy, what should you do differently? Uh, I mean, if you figure out that you can just eat the counter, it's a dangerous game to play, obviously. But if you figure out that you can just eat the counter and keep going, that's probably his best path when he's getting kicked to shit on the outside. Mm-hmm. Look at that again. Yeah. So he's kicking back now, but yeah, I think... The count, the eating the counters and finding one in the exchange is, is a good plan, but just getting the entries into the pocket to do that is going to be tough because every time he steps forward, now he's getting the kick and he's slowing down. It's a little more easy to time. Yeah. So maybe he should uh, like faint up in a check, but he probably doesn't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, even if DeCastro loses this, doesn't make me kind of impressed with him for a heavyweight because, like, you know, he, he seems like the kind who might like gas and lose just because mm-hmm. like the build. But I'm I'm impressed with the stuff he's trying for a sub-ranked heavyweight. Yeah, maybe he'll become a ranked heavyweight for beating the great Greg Hardy. 
It's possible. He's never been truly beaten, you know. Okay, so Hardy is trying feints, but they don't really change the dynamic because he's just stepping into range again. <laughs> so maybe he should throw something. I think that's the problem. He's been stepping in before he throws. Maybe he just has to do some leaping. Yeah. It's not leading with your, your lead foot. It's not stepping with your lead foot. It's not closing distance with your lead foot. That's the Larry thing. Yeah, closing you never close your distance foot. with your lead foot. If you jump, it's not closing distance with your lead foot. Ah, uh, see, he just jumped. <laughs> what you're supposed to do is square up with every step, because that means that you're closing distance with your rear foot. If you go backwards, it's really hard to tell which foot you're closing distance with, so it's like... So a couple seconds ago, DeCastro just tried counter-kicking, so he's officially as competent as Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Yes, and by the way, we're in the second round, and it's 3-0-3, as I just said that. Um, and Triram is probably within 5 or 10 seconds of that. Maybe more. But <laughs> yeah, it's a tiny bit. Not a big it's deal. close enough. And yeah. he's noticing different things than me and then saying them when they happen for him, and it's all, it's all working out. It's a very efficient system. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think uh, I think I like Jorgen Castro, and I will name him when I say uh, heavyweights who are good in spite of being big. Yeah, and he's even got a really sick nickname, which is the Mad Titan. I mean, it's oh, pretty is much that just, his nickname? That's awesome. It's pretty much just an Avengers ripoff, but like you know, I respect I'm cool it. With it. Yeah, that's that's you know, when you're oh, big, man. you just got to do a big guy nickname. Did Did Jorgen hurt his foot there? It looked like he kind of hurt his foot on that kick. Hmm, hard to say. Do you like the overhand counter? I kind of like him check hooking and then banging the right hook off that better. Just because the yeah. the way he drops his level and his shortness is already kind of making it dangerous to be dipping levels like that. I don't know if Hardy's going to like time a level intercepting shot or not. Like I don't think he needs, and maybe he knows an uppercut, but maybe not. Which um, is like a real question you have to ask of a guy with this much experience. Like, do they know how to throw a certain amount, certain kinds of strikes enough to use them in competition? Like probably not. So you can just kind of spam things that they're not going to be confident enough to counter. Yeah, uh, like I, I generally like DeCastro to mix it up a little bit more here, but like it's Hardy, he's kind of just doing the same jab stuff here. So like if if it it isn't broken, so why fix it? That that's the standard you have to hold heavyweights to. If I was like evil and wanted to like fund and you know control Greg Hardy's career, and like I really wanted him to do well for some reason, I would uh, get him to work with Vartanian. Like here is how. You I mean, that'd jabbing. be everyone though. But like specifically because like the thing he knows so far is like here's how jabbing works. So like to get him good the fastest, just get him That's with a guy true. who like really understands jabbing. Yeah. Plus, I just wanted an excuse to somehow insert Edward Bartanian into this fight because it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it, it slowed down a lot since the first round, naturally, because it's heavyweight. Yeah, luckily, I don't think that's going to go poorly for DeCastro. I think his Hardy has slowed down an equal amount. Now he can just do the things he was already doing, just less often, which is more comfortable. Yeah. This kind of feels like it'll be a, like, you know, a weird split for some reason, which sucks. Uh, he seems to have fortune on his side, that Greg Hardy yeah. guy. So it's like, you have to, like, John Jones him. It'll I really, really, really beat him in order th for things not to go his way just because he seems to have that, uh, you know, I don't know, guardian angel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jorgen isn't really throwing things right now. He's just kind of defending and moving back, so that's not a good look for the judges. He already hit him more times, and I don't think Hardy has accomplished anything in that time that he stopped doing things, so it could work. But yeah, yeah, yeah I just don't trust them. The round just ended, round two just ended. 
Hardy is limping. So, you know, makes sense. Considering. <laughs> Hardy's trying to, throw, uh, trying to throw a rainbow overhand at the end of that round. Yeah, he, uh, he was nowhere close enough for that, so it's a uh, yeah, interesting I think, tactic. Yeah, I think that really did hurt, hurt Jorgen a little bit. What could be a reason that he threw that so short also is because, uh, you know, actually, like, leaning into your lead leg and, like, putting weight on it to get distance on an overhand, which is kind of what you need to do. You have to use your body to, to cover that distance. Probably is not comfortable, so now he's, like, really throwing arm punches if he wasn't before. Uh, so I feel like the costume should be more comfortable. Yeah. Check out the labels for the corners. They just called it Jeremy Stevens' corner and Calvin Cater's corner. Nice. They both have changed a lot. But I'm going to say that uh, DeCastro is Stevens oh. and that uh, Hardy is Cater. Because Hardy is the jabby one and DeCastro is the hooky one. Oh, Hardy just blasted a, a straight down the middle right in the beginning of the round. It wasn't really like a setup behind it, but he walked forward and he did it, and that is half the battle. Yep. <laughs> That's the trying hard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now DeCastro is leading with the boxing, so this is uh, interesting because he was basically never led with his hands this whole time. He was either kicking or countering. Yeah, I think uh, he just convinced DeCastro that like he needs to work a little bit more with that first shot. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just going to sit back and let me beat him. Oh, and another counter kick. Nice. We're at a 420, 419 right now, as I say that. Uh, or if you want to be synced up to Shriram's time, what time are you on? <laughs> uh, I'm at 420 now. Oh, sweet. Sick number, bro. Very uh, progressive and uh, radical. Fight Trendy fight. and hip with the kids. Yeah, we know we know all the cool numbers. <laughs> There's two of them, to be precise. Oh, no, there's that calculator one. The, the, what, what is this number? Yeah. Is that 8,000? No. 8,008 yes. probably works for just boob. Boob, yeah. 80,085. Yeah, that's the one. I'm not sure. Or is it backwards? Is it the other way? I think. Is it 58,000? I think it's 80. I'm not sure. Eight. <laughs> this is the conversation that this one deserves. Greg Hardy drove me to this. Uh yeah, that's a good number, and uh, just, you know, shout out to, to my roommate, uh, who, uh, him and his friends have some inside jokes about the number 47, it just, like, it comes up a lot, apparently, for them, like, they see it around, like, very often, they're just convinced that it has some significance, uh, so shout out to 47 as an interesting number as well. <laughs> that's a good one, I mean, if I were to have a special number, it wouldn't be something like, you know, 47 is a good one to have. There are some mm-hmm. really dumb numbers out there, like six. A terrible number. Like when something goes from like ending in a six to ending in a seven, there's a significant difference there. Yeah, it's just quality. Last time I went to the doctor and I got my height checked, I was a uh, five six and like point whatever, and I'm usually five seven when I get you know my height measured at the doctor, and it was like it was devastating to not be five seven. Yeah, I feel that. What are you like six three? Oh, no, no, I'm like like 5'10". That's all through high school. I mean, all through high school, I was like five. Nice. So that was. Grew a full foot. Ooh, Jorin just fell over. What was yeah, he right doing there? when he fell over? I think he was trying to kick, but then he just like slipped, and now Hardy's punching his leg. Sweet, high level. <laughs> this Remember is Mark Munoz, uh 
like fractured Damian Maya's femur by punching it. Oh yeah, remember when Kamaru Usman hammer fisted Maya's foot? Probably broke it. Hands of steel. Oh, that's the other guy. Dang. <laughs> okay, uh, they they could probably stand this up now, right? Any In the way now. of technical analysis, I'll just say that the way the sweat is pooling on Nakashira's body now that he's on his back is very interesting to me. You can see it pretty vividly. Yeah, it's like a it's like a little valley. There was I don't know which fight it was, but there was a John Jones fight where like he was you know in top position. And it was just like a, a real close shot of his back, and his back was really sweaty. It just it was a it was very aesthetic. Like he had a very smooth back. I don't know. Just one of those interesting moments you pick up in in combat sports. You know, very. Uh, it, I get why I watch it when I see those things. I'm like yeah, just some random stuff. stuff you never forget. Yeah. How how else am I going to see these these views? Just the greatest sport on earth. Yeah. And anyway. I think Takashiro won. There's still a minute left, but yeah. I feel like won. Jorgen's kind of back to doing nothing, but he hit back on Hardy's first shot pretty decently. So. What do we think about uh, how Hardy reacts to you know being being in a losing fight? Like, what do you think of his adjustments and his like mental state and all that jazz? I mean, he's not really like changed tactically. He's just kind of doing what he does. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't you know, given up. Yeah, he's trying. That's a good thing. And, he, and, he definitely ran out of ideas, and he's a little compromised with yeah. his leg. But. And, I mean, honestly, I don't really expect a ton from him. Like, if he weren't uh, him, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, this is a solid, like, even Volkov, I'd be like, that was a solid showing for a heavyweight prospect. But, you know, it's, like, I don't expect him to have a ton of ideas and, like, be really good. He's just, you know, he has the effort. I give him a, a C-plus for effort. Mm. And, like, I'd give him 20 more points if he wasn't him. Yeah. That's that's the great I'm always shooting for in my accounting classes. So, congrats. As soon as the fight ended, Hardy pointed to his leg and Takashiro pointed to his foot, and he's like, "Ah, oh, that's fucked up." He's like, "Oh, me too." And they're like, oh, "Which okay, one's worse?" Excuses then. <laughs> Just in case this doesn't go my way, I got something for you. Well, I mean, Takashiro's makes more sense because it was on like a freak accidental check, where Hardy just got his leg kicked a bunch. Highlights. Hardy getting kicked a bunch. Yep. Pretty cool. A really uh, a really cool feature of Twitter is that when you get a message request, like a DM request, and you don't like you're not mutuals with the person, it lets you read the messages before you accept the request or not. So you can like screen their call and then you know not respond to it. Not that I wouldn't respond to a DM if it was a real person. I only ignore robots or, like, things that are 100%, 100% a sales pitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't want to talk to me at all. You're just trying to get me a click on your link and do whatever. I don't even know. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, I like to respond to them. But, yeah, it's, it's just a nice feature. Shout out to Twitter. <laughs> I've, I've accidentally ignored a couple of people sometimes. Wow. And, like, you get to it, like, a week later, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw this, but, like... Maybe I shouldn't respond now because it just seems mean. Uh oh. I, I figured this would go this way. Uh oh. Greg Hardy won. I figured. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we said that earlier, didn't we? That like he has that guardian angel. What did he do? What did he do to win this fight? Unanimous decision. That's a. Um... That confuses me. 
People like, don't it's, score kicks. It's weird because yeah, people don't score kicks, but also like I wonder if this was the same judges as the Pettis fight. Because Pettis did a lot of counter punching, but that was scored, and you know Takashi did a lot of counter punching, and that was not scored. So it's just uh, it's curious. Yeah, this is. Yeah, Hardy didn't look awful. He just looked like him. De Castro is not bad. I don't, I don't know what he's saying right now. That there weren't supposed to be octagon interviews. This is. Yeah, some people have masks on. They're all hugging over here. Like they're not really taking preventative measures. That was all, you know, smoke and mirrors. But not even good smoke and mirrors. Just like yeah. they put like a, you know, a tablecloth over a couple of the things. Yeah, I think. Is Joe Rogan like a COVID truther? I have not checked to find out. Seems like there's a great chance that he is. Surprised. Yeah. I don't think he like believes that uh, the pandemic documentary, uh, I call it a documentary that qualified it, uh, you know, that the video, the YouTube video, uh, he probably doesn't believe in that, but he probably thinks that like people are overreacting and then like, you know, healthy diet prevents viruses and like things like that. Um, that's like the dumbest thing I've seen the whole time. Like that's how viruses work, and like your immune system will fight them off. I'm like no, it's what vaccines yeah, like, are for. That's why we yeah. have vaccines. Yeah, that was just like hilarious. That's why they're treated in a meme. different way than other diseases. Yeah, there's this hilarious boomer meme where it's like you know those two lines where like there's like one super crowded line, like one that's totally empty, and it's like oh yeah, there's a big line for vaccines and like medicine, and there isn't as big a line for exercise and rest to strengthen your immune system. Like, well, that's curious, isn't it? Um, I'm just shocked by this. But here comes our guy. Uh, Calvin Cater is next. I bet Calvin Cater is a COVID truther. Oh, God. Why would you say that? I don't know. He just, I don't know. Something about him. <laughs> the way he reacted to Moicano's low kicks after the fight, he's like, ah, oh, he just kicked my leg. He didn't do anything. Oh, that's fair enough. But like COVID, it's not real. Just like Moik didn't beat you up. He got beat up a lot in that fight. He didn't he just get like, kicked. He got his like, yeah. kicked hard, and he also got punched hard. Oh, and RDA wants a second Pettis fight. I don't want RDA to fight again. If it's against Pettis, I kind of want it. I think that he won't be punished for having the flaws that he has at this point by Pettis. Yeah, but I mean, like, he also looked defensively bad against Chiesa and, like, you know, just generally not confident. Maybe his just brain explodes when he like realizes like this guy is going to pressure me and he's going to try to wrestle, and I just I'm gonna let him try to wrestle me and I'll you know I'll, I'll be really nervous on the back foot and I'll be I'll become I'll channel Barboza, must put myself on the fence and I'll just trust that I am good enough on the fence that it will be fine. That and now he's old and that's not even remotely a viable strategy. True. Against Colby, it was a good strategy, though, because it worked, and he won. <laughs> Just saying. It, it, it did go down like that. Yeah. It's like a heroic performance, honestly. Yeah, I mean, if you think it's about it, it's like, bad. yeah. He pretty much just let the bad things happen to him, but won anyway, which is mm-hmm. crazy. But put me in my worst position, like the, the place that I am least likely to win this fight, and I will beat you there. Yeah, I mean, it's not smart, but it worked, in theory, for us. I can't tell if he's smart. Because, like, you have to be kind of smart to, like, get good at the things that he's good at and, like, fight the way that he does. And 
You know what I mean? Like Yeah. It kinda of seems like he's just kinda of neurotic, if that makes sense. That might be. He's a gentle soul. <laughs> you can psych him out a little bit. Oh man, there this is this is oh, there's yeah. his daughter. Stepdaughter? Yeah, I mean I'd, I'd rather this not be the context for the ring fight, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Let's not think about it. Maybe it will go away. Um, yeah, Stevens Cater is coming up. I like. What do you need to see within the first couple minutes before you'll feel good about Cater? Uh, probably like if Stevens tries to kick and like Cater just immediately checks it, that'll make me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> if Stevens get, tries get to real. kick and get Cater, real, Sharon. If Steven tries to kick and he just does not immediately check it, I'll be like, oh no. No, it'll just be like. Kater getting his jab going, and like if he gets out, because Kater's not like a slow starter, but Fishgold kind of gave him a little bit of like roughing up just by mm-hmm. running out and doing his thing. Sure. So if if Kater gets out of that, I think he'll be good. That makes sense. Do you would you want to see him like take the front foot and like you know pressure a little bit, not pre- not like you know actively try to push him back and like chase him, but like make him make him throw him like force exchanges and like come at him with his jab a little bit? Like, would you want that, or would you just let, let Stevens come to him? Because I feel like if he does, like, take that, it, it could definitely prevent a lot of low kicking, but I don't know if he needs to do that. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it depends on how the fight's going, because Stevens isn't the kind of, like, fight smart at all, mm-hmm. like, at any point. And if sure. Stevens just, like, plods in his direction, then it might be safer to not get into extended exchanges, because Kater's, Kater's good defensively, in general, against punches, but, like, you know, it's Stevens, and he can land and, like, cause some problems. And at range, that's not really going to be a thing. But if mm-hmm. he's low kicking, that might be a better idea because Stevens isn't just going to back off, right? He's going to plant and throw with you. Right. Right. And what I want is Cater hitting the body because Stevens is not historically the vulnerable there right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's Cater and he didn't do that to Zabit, so. But maybe he saw that, like, the times that he did do it to Zabit, it was very effective and that he should have done it more. And, like, same with Burgos, like, for a guy that's like trying to break you with pressure, you should probably slow him down. <laughs> it makes sense, and like he he definitely like because Burgos is jabbing with him right, and he was like yeah. outside slipping and body striking off the jab, um, which is the thing Rick Story has done. Name drop Rick Story. He didn't know Rick Story was good. Shout out to Rick Story. Big shout out. To, except he like might have beat a guy up like that was just like starting to train at the gym, and his coach would have like I'll oh, go beat that guy up, and then he did it. Um, that might have happened, but otherwise... Half a like shout-out is rescinded. <laughs> you now only get half a shout-out, Rick Story. That might be hearsay, though. That might not have happened. Schrodinger shout-out. <laughs> I don't um, know. Yeah, I think that's honestly... Like, I don't think Kato has to fight a particularly good fight here to win, because it's Stevens. But if I were to be convinced of him moving forward and looking like better than he usually does, it'd be a mm-hmm. really committed body attack. That's what I'd need. From Stevens or from Cater? From Cater. What if you saw a really committed body attack from Stevens? Surprise, surprise. I would I would be very sad because Stevens should not be improving now. Yeah. You you spent too long being limited and making me not want to care about you to suddenly be cool now as you leave your physical prime. Like that's not cool, man. Don't especially as he's, especially as he's facing someone who I actually care about now. Yeah. Like, if he, if he did some, some cool stuff against Yair and, like, beat him with, like, body punching, I'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. sick. Jeremy Stevens is my new best friend. And now <laughs> like, no. Fuck Jeez. off with that shit, Jeremy. 
Yeah, Cater, uh, Cater's, like, kind of old, and, like, it was pretty deep into his career, so people are like, oh, he is who he is. Like, yeah, but he can make pretty small adjustments and get a lot better. I think that's totally possible. And, like, you know, as he ages, he might just start getting better because he has to. Um, Because I I really do think he's more, like, physically, like, that kind of guy where, like, his physicality is a big part of it, and he would do things differently if he wasn't quite as physical as he is. Um, Like, yeah, he's, like, mechanically really good, but, like, behind it is, you know, definitely some some force. Um, Yeah. I think even when he's not punching good, like, the stuff he was, like, chasing Zabit with, it did bother him when he landed it, and they weren't good punches because he's really not good when he's moving like that. But I don't know. I just I could see him actually getting better, even if he like technically shouldn't be. It really kind of depends for me because like a lot of what Cater does against guys who aren't aggressively pushing him back, like Burgos did, who like just won't take a backward step. Mm-hmm. It's he he's not really fighting to his strengths, which sucks because if he's fighting to his strengths, he's like legit top five. But it's there are certain small things he could do. I just can't really trust him to do it. Not just because he's deep into his career, but because he's not really shown to like take his losses in stride in that particular way. You know, against Zavita was he ran out of time, which is like that's a that's an excuse you give, and I agree with it. It should have been five, but that's still an excuse you give, right? And against uh, Moicano, it was like, oh yeah, he just leg kicked me and ran away, and Moicano actually kind of kicked his ass in that fight, so. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see him, like, sitting down and, like, figuring out what he needs to improve on. But I also think that his current form is probably going to be pretty tough for a lot of guys. Yeah. Even even guys that we think, like, I think Cater Holloway, uh, Cater might not win. I think there's a good reason to think he won't. But it'd be fun. It'd be, it'd be terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sick fight. I, like, don't want it for Max because Max should go at least two fights without fighting a puncher. Yeah. Like, he should probably play Zabi. That's, like, the highest level fight you can get him against a guy who isn't a puncher. Yeah. But, like, for now, that's the thing for Max. Or, I think Max is facing Volk next, which is awful news. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. I, unless he comes out kicking right away, I'm going to be like, this is going to be a drag, dude. Yeah. If he, if he just figured out what worked in the first fight and went for it, that could work. But then you've Speaking. got, you know... <laughs> yeah. And then you've Mostly. got Volkanovski figuring out what didn't work for him in the first fight and for fixing sure. that. Once Max, like, got his entries, like, once he was in the range he wanted, he was doing great. He just, like, did not know how to cover that. And then, like, when he tried to force it, that's when Volk was countering him. And then when he wasn't trying to force it, then that's when Volk was doing his legs. Um, so it's just, like, if he could find more reliable entries, that'd be a, a huge deal for him. And I feel like every time he kicked on the way in, it worked. And he was yeah. just doing the, the hopping low-line leg, uh, low side kick, and that was that was totally fine as an entry. It was working for him, and he did, I don't know why he didn't spam it. Yeah, a lot of what he did against Pettis worked here. Just a lot mm-hmm. of body kicking and, like, jamming Volkanovski on entries with that low line kick. It's just, I think Max kind of settled into what he is at this point, and that he's not, like... That's so sad. Yeah. He's not he's not fighting the fight that he needs to win. He's fighting his fight and hoping that's enough to win. Mm-hmm. So then you've got, you know, you've got guys who can, like, kind of hold that off for a little bit, and then he's trying to adapt, but he just can't in time. So if he comes out to southpaw body kicking hard in this fight... Against Volkanovski, that is not Steven Stater. That's to make any sense. <laughs> but if he comes out body kicking hard from Southpaw, I'll be like, yeah, you know, he's made some improvements, and that's actually a really good sign for him moving forward. But for now, I kind of think he's past his peak, and that's really sad. Yikes! Yikes! I wonder how much is it like 
maybe his weight cut is hard and he has to spend a lot of his camp managing his weight and he's just trying to stay like sharp while doing that so he's like not spending time learning new things and like making changes and maybe like moving up to lightweight would relieve some of that stress for him and he could focus on other things and like that like little stuff like that has worked for other fighters where like moving up actually does solve some problems because they can focus on getting good um it's not what happened to Anthony Smith and Tiago Santos, but it is what happened for Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I think Max is just kind of gun-shy from the Poirier fight because that was a nasty, nasty fight. And mm-hmm. um, even against Edgar, like Edgar's not nearly the threat. He's not like a quarter of the threat that Poirier is when he hits you. But punching. Yeah, Max was just kind of not really there in terms of aggression. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know whether this is a new thing, but Calvin Cater cupped. And I, I really don't uh, like it. That's, it's not new. He's done yeah. that before. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it, it's disappointing. Cupping, you know, is, cupping is not real. You know what the rationale is behind cupping? Why they do it? It's like it's like some sort of homeopathic thing. I don't really is know. It's supposed to like you know make like, them have a uh, endorphin rush. It's like supposed to elicit an endorphin rush just by like. I think it's like the blood sucking stuff like out. In. I don't uh, know. If it's if it's sucking out toxins, that's like the biggest BS in the world. Like, yeah. if, if toxins is anywhere in the explanation of why your thing works, it doesn't work. It's like essential oils level stuff. One hundred percent of the time, if, if toxins is an essential part of your explanation, yeah. then absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's that's sad. That, you, you know, know what it might do actually? If your like back is sore, it might actually help a little bit, just because. Uh, oh, yeah. Or if you have like t- like you know sore tissue or whatever, um, I don't know. But with cryotherapy, one of the things that does work is um, there's, there's a bunch of ways cryotherapy works. It doesn't do all the things that people say it does, but it does a bunch of good things, um, depending on your, your use. But even after one use, it, it helps in this way. Like when you're cold, all your blood goes to your uh, your core you know, to keep your internal organs warm. And like that's why your extremities get cold first. Um, it's like a, you know, a survival response. So when you get really cold, like it really you know centers and then when you warm back up, if you warm back up quickly, because you go from like being in negative 200, whatever, to being room temperature, it comes out pretty fast. Um, like that actual motion can help, not like clear out, but like uh, you know disrupt some like you know bulk white blood cells. You know what I mean? Like it's if, like a refresh. If, if your like immune system is overreacting to something and it's you know, keep, keeping you inflamed and something like that, it can actually like do some. Uh, healing in a way but i guess like if you literally make all the blood go up in your back and <laughs> take the cuffs off i wonder if that does anything similar so like maybe it literally is just a treatment for your back and maybe like i don't know there must yeah, there might be a reason that it you know it has to like even if something is just the placebo effect it has to do something that you're confusing with yeah of what the intended effects yeah i don't really know the like biomechanics of pretty much anything that they do in here but it's it's weird. I don't. Did they just, do that at the Performance Institute? I doubt it. I'd be surprised. I think it's just like a, a weird thing that some people do. Mm-hmm. At least Cater's not one of them looking flabby. Oh yeah, he looks good. I mean, Stevens looks actually good too for someone that missed weight yesterday. Yeah. Well, he doesn't look good, but he doesn't look out of shape. Yeah, I mean, it's he missed weight. It's whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't expect anyone to make weight for this card. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, him being the only one, it's kind of bad. But on the other hand, it's like... Mm-hmm. It makes sense why you wouldn't. Yeah. All of your training is disrupted if you're actually, like, following protocol. Yeah. 
And he's been moved around. Like this was originally 248, and then it was the first 249, and now it's the second 249. Mm-hmm. So it's been this has been a long journey. Yeah. And maybe he is sick, and that made it harder to cut weight. Ooh, you know would, what I mean? That'll be bad news. Yeah. All right. Fight's about to start for me, and yep. they just on Jason Herzog. I got okay. 56 on my screen. Nice. And true around with the people know when yours starts, just in case they want to be synced up with you instead. <laughs> I don't think there's a reason for that, but um, I'm Stevens underway is now. pressure kicking. Oh, God. Yes. That's bad. And it's working. That. Naturally. And he's drawing out the counters of Cater, and he's kicking him while he's vulnerable, and that is very smart. Wow. All that trash we talked for this. <laughs> This is such an interesting look from Stevens. I am not used to this. Like yes. fainting. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like he actually thought about this fight. Which he is... looks like a Cordero fighter. Oh, God. Wait, wait till you see his, uh, his straight blitz to the round kick. You'll be like, oh, my God. It's Kelvin. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, I saw it. Now Cater's pressuring. Yeah, I think I this think is where Cater's... This is what exactly said. what you said. <laughs> Just, you know, he's taking your advice now. And, I mean, Stevens isn't... That's the thing. Stevens' kicks are still not really a game. Mm-hmm. But he's throwing them enthusiastically, and this is kind of the challenge that we needed to see from Cater. That's a dangerous fight already, just because Cater it feels pressure to initiate exchanges, and uh, yeah. Stevens is covering up and letting him come in, so I feel like he's looking, angling for a counter. He yeah. wants it. It's just in general, Cater's not being given the space to do the things that he likes to do to set mm-hmm. up these entries. So then you've got Stevens like you know, kind of being able to read the stuff a little bit easier. But Cater's just kicking him in the leg. Cater should absolutely go to his body, especially if that's how Stevens is going to deal with these entries is, is shell up. Yeah. 100% mm-hmm. body. Cater isn't looking bad defensively to punches right now no, either. That's good. Or to yeah. kicks. It's just yeah. the round kicks to the body when he's throwing or covering up. Those are what's landing. Yeah. yeah this is a, a more, a cooler, more interesting fight than I expected, like, because Stevens yeah. is showing up. Stevens, I've never thought of Stevens as inconsistent, but I guess mm-hmm. now he is. Like, a good Stevens has showed up. Yeah. Like, if this guy ever existed before, he's back. I don't just, I just don't remember him ever looking like this. If this was against Yair, he would have killed him. Stevens just punched the body. In the highlight package, they showed uh, Stevens, like, as, yeah, you're crashed in, Stevens banging the body, and it's like, oh, yeah, he does that. <laughs> Ooh, Cater's starting to faint him out, though, here, so. What do you think of uh, the jab not quite being there for Cater yet? Uh, it's, it's bad, obviously, but he's starting to get to it, so. But yeah, well, what do you think is causing him not having it yet? Uh, I think just being Stevens, on yeah, Stevens is just coming in hard. Fishgold kind of caused the same thing, where... It wasn't, like, the first jab that uh, Cater threw, Fishfold kind of cross-countered, because mm-hmm. Cater was, like, all the way up against the fence, and it was obvious that was the thing he was going to throw. But, you know, oh, Steven's trying to wrestle on Cater right back out of it. Now Cater's kicking? He doesn't look good at it. <laughs> yeah, Cater's been, like, kicking for a little bit in this fight, but it's not really a thing that he does. Uh, maybe it's deceptive. Maybe it's actually, they hurt. It's hard yeah. to tell, you know, just from looking at them, things being a little ugly. 
I mean, one thing that Cater did, Cater, like, does some kicky stuff to, like, stand switch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, he did that in his feeling. But this is mostly just, like, I want some volume out there right now. He's uh he's hooking around Steven's guard a little bit. Which Ooh, that I was think a nice left hook. A good idea. Oh, he just went to the body. Nice. He nailed that left hook. Yeah, this is good because he's getting Stevens to cover up on the lead on like on, on, over the top with like rear hand hook and then go lead hand body. This is about the best Stevens has looked in recent years, I think. Oh, yeah, oh that was sure. nice. And yeah, Kader's not looking bad. He's even checking some kicks here. It's just kind of knocking him fight. out of oh, stance. Stevens had a, a counter prepped for the jab. Nice. Smash that overhand. Yeah, they they both uh, are looking sharp, like good good versions of themselves for sure. I am not sure. What happened? Get to it. Stevens found his way through the guard. Oh, I mean, uh, Cater found his way through the guard. Right? Oh, okay, Sorry nice. to scare you. <laughs> you nailed him down the middle. Nice. Oh, nice. Now oh, that uh, oh. now that Cater is hooking a lot more and, and hooking better, he's he's drawing that wide guard and then he can time those like really nasty straights. Yeah, and Cater's generally not really dealt with like a blocky fighter if that makes sense. But now uh-huh. he's pressuring. Stevens isn't really. Ten the round, he throws a really stupid right hand, but I'll let you see it. <laughs> Do we think Stevens won that round? Perhaps. Let's just say yes for the sake of being down on Cater, just, just yeah. in case, to insulate ourselves from any emotional damage. Yeah, let's <laughs> see how. We're... I didn't quite think this fight was a lock, but just when I when I tried to break it down, I didn't really see any strengths on Steven's side. I like I saw how it was possible for Stevens to win, but I, like the the several scenarios I I hashed up of like how the dynamic might be, they all kind of favor Cater. Yeah, I mean. Stevens is fighting a smart fight right now, so I think it's going to get a lot of people more down on Cater than he probably deserves. But if he loses this, people deserve to be down on him. His kicking so. defense, just like in a vacuum, it does not look bad. Like, he's pairing the kicks well. Like, he, when he sees them coming, he's, he's defending well. It's just that Stevens is doing certain things to put him out of position and make him kickable. But when he's not out of position, he's, he's doing all right. And even when he catches him stepping forward on the inside low kick, he's pairing that, which is a very hard strike to parry. So I'm not I'm not that disappointed. I'm gonna refresh my uh, my pay per view stream that I paid for because uh, okay mine just started again. Upstanding citizen. Round just started for me. Uh yeah I'm a couple seconds out from that. It's a uh, fifty on mine four fifty for round two. Okay. Stevens looks much more like I expected him to look in the first 20 seconds of this round. Nice. He wings the hook and misses it, and he just throws a naked low kick, you know, from nothing. That's better news. That's much more what I expected. And Cater's stepping back off the low kicks, and uh, he's hitting shin. Oh, Cater's measuring him with his lead hand as he comes in, and he's finding those counters. Nice. He did that exact same thing to Burgos. Yeah, Cam might be a bit more of a slow starter than we expected. Like you know, like what we thought. Yeah. Also, he's just he's got great cardio. So yeah, he's a five round fighter. Yeah, he is a five round fighter. Him and Jan just need to never be in three rounders. And I think that's a fair thing to do. Also, Konchenko, but not to the same degree. Konchenko is just bad in three rounds, but 
He has like never been impressive to me. Alexei Konchenko. Yeah. He definitely Ooh. lost to uh, old Tiago Alves. So. I don't remember that fight at all. <laughs> Alves looks good in it until the third round, or until like basically every time that Konchenko wanted to plow forward, it worked, but he only did that twice. <laughs> Ooh. So Stevens is still fainting. I just think that Cater has gotten a good read on everything Stevens does, and he's not as convinced by the feints, and he's holding his stance a little better. He's yeah, looking, but I mean, his eyes are open, you know. Yeah, but still looking kind of ugly from him. And it's, from Cater. Yeah. Just landed a four punch combination. Oh, nice. He's okay. Lever punching on the right hand. He's he's, he's lighting them up right now. Nice. Yeah, I think he is really comfortable with Stevens' offense now. And it's, it's opening up, and I think he's, he's seen everything at this point. Nice body jabbing. Oh, nice. Oh, God. That was slick. Mm-hmm. Nice lead hooking to draw those hands up again, up and out. Cater's still lit. Yeah, he's definitely it. Contrary to what certain Danny Martins might say. <laughs> Like, a really good Stevens has showed up, and Cater dealt with it, and he's taken over. Unless he gets banged out right now, which would be really sad. Oh, someone got banged out. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. The end. Wow, round two. Round two knockout, Calvin Cater. I'm not there yet, but let's go. I'm sorry to spoil it for you, but I wanted you to feel good. I'm happy with it. (laughs) Just watching for it now. uh, And the bet worked out. Oh, God, that was amazing. Just decked him. This this fight is getting written about, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I might I might hit it. We could, <laughs> we could collaborate on that. That'd be a good one. No, I'm good. You're you're the cater cater boy. I don't want to steal your glory. Yeah. Plus, because of the broadcast being slightly sooner for me, I'm like I get the initiative on all the, all the good commentary. So <laughs> that's a good it's only point. fair that you get the article. <laughs> Their gang is still it alive. was an elbow. He elbowed him? It was a step elbow. Off That's the hand gorgeous. fight. What? Then if he didn't knock him down with that, he would have knocked him down with that left hook. <laughs> Amazing. Cater can elbow now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Over for you, host. He elbowed him right in the mouth. That might be a really good new look from him with his pressure game because, like, a lot of the time he ends up crashing in. Like, his punches are, you know, coming from too far away because they're so long or they're too wide because his hooks are kind of wide. Maybe he just starts, you know, becoming Paul Felder. <laughs> One sec. The chat's going off about how Cater looked awful, so. Uh, put those fools in their place. Stevens, who looked good, and then Cater yeah. took around to figure it out, and he killed him. Yeah. That's, that's a very good thing to do. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to say listen to me and Ed. Yeah. On the commentary thing. I think they are not giving Stevens enough credit. Yeah. How I feel. Yeah. Even Wonderboy Thompson was impressed. He said, oh my goodness, he did a tweet. That was, I mean, it wasn't like a great performance, obviously, because a kidder didn't get the fight he wanted. But, yeah. like, if you think about how much Stevens was kicking, it wasn't like, you know, Cater getting absolutely murdered by all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he dealt with it all right. Dealt with it all right. I just, you know, it's it's always kind of a bad luck when you don't, when you do take a round, and he takes some damage in that round to, to, you know, 
be a bit befuddled by the other guys coming out differently than you expect, but I think what matters is that it didn't last. Yeah, Ryan had the Ryan has the right read. That's exactly how he should have adjusted after the first round. It's just um, Cater, he, he took a bit, and Stevens looked good. It's just that I think three-rounders are going to be more of a challenge than we might expect. Mm-hmm. He, had, he had, like, a similar problem against Zabit, right? Zabit yeah. kind of just, like, yeah. flustered him for a little bit. And Zabit was good enough to where Cater didn't, like, win with the first adjustment he made. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. We're Cater happy. God. We're happy fellows right now. <laughs> I don't want to gloat too much. Just, you know, I know we have a Stevens fan in our midst, but you know, otherwise. Oh yeah, true. So it's probably just Philippe. I don't know if anyone else likes Jeremy Stevens, but yeah. I don't like Jeremy Stevens. One, because I think a lot of the fights he pursues are are dumb, and then he loses in, in like embarrassing ways a lot of the time. Like we like to look stupid, and I don't like my my guys to look stupid in that way. I like for them to look really good, then to do something stupid. I don't like them for them to be stupid the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like it's like Michael Johnson versus Elkins or something. Yeah, and not yeah. like or Shaman Marais, who's like the yeah. Muay Thai Michael Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the perfect way to put him. I think if he came up in the same time as uh, as Michael Johnson, if he was a lightweight, they would have had similar amounts of success. He never would have beaten Dustin Poirier, but he would have beat Tony Ferguson for sure. <laughs> Old Tony Ferguson, not the current one. Yeah. So what did Steve... I, I guess, what did Cater do to force Stevens to become more aggressive with his entries and, and get done like that? I think it's just he kind of got more comfortable standing his ground against Stevens because a lot of the, what mm-hmm. Stevens was doing was like working in like these long flurries and kicking him on the exit. Like That's kind of like yeah. the Cordero staple. And Cater just stopped getting backed up nearly as much. Because when Cater, like, you know, sat down on Connors and stuff, he started realizing that Stevens wasn't as diverse a counter threat as he wanted to be convinced. So, yeah, I think Cater just figured out that he could work in those flurries and Stevens would just cover up instead of counter punching. Um, yeah, pretty much. And the elbow, I feel like the elbow is just kind of like a gimmicky thing. It's not like a consistent part of this game at this point. Right. But it was, it was a slick elbow. talking again uh, <laughs> I was typing as well uh, <laughs> but yeah so I'm, I'm good on on cater talk for a while I think we soaked that in, in that victory um, yep. let's not talk about the next fight and let's talk about Cejudo Cruz um, I haven't thought super hard about this one uh, but basically my, my overall read is just that well I think it's possible that while Cejudo is a little more conservative with his offense that Cejudo will be able to, like, dot him up a little bit and probably jab him and, you know, do well, uh, you know, coming off on angles and circling off on him when he, when he tries to crash in a little bit. I think he could have some success outfighting him for a while, uh, kind of similar to how he fought Dillashaw. Um, I think that could work for a little bit. It's just that the things that make me nervous are, one, that Cejudo, just with his probably athletic advantage at this point, 
uh, can probably get to the pocket a little more often that Cruz is going to be comfortable with and just, you know, force some exchanges where we it seems like Cruz is willing to sit a little bit and, and throw down a little bit in the pocket, and that's where he gets clacked. Um, I think that's possible, although it's different. It's definitely different with, um, you know, him coming on to Cruz rather than Cruz being forced to lead like it was in the Garbrandt fight. And the other thing that concerns me is that Suhudo does have a pretty decent round kicking game at the end of his combos. Uh, we saw that against Jovi a lot. He's going a uh, body, body and leg uh, with his rear leg on the uh, on the exits. He's also leading with the, his rear leg and doing a lot of round kicking. I don't know if that was like a really temporary look because it was different than um, than like the karate look that he does. It was a little different than that. He was a little more linear and uh, a little more kickboxing with it. Um, I, I wanted to say Muay Thai, but that's not true. <laughs> Um, like what, so, what yeah, people think Muay Thai. The thing that people think Muay Thai is, it looked like that. Um, it, it was good. It was good, though. It was a good look, and I think that's probably the look that he should apply here. Uh, and I think he figures that out eventually just because he's good at figuring stuff out. Um, and then, like, all things being equal, just the, the physicality matchup really bothers me. Um, in terms of wrestling, like, I could actually see Cruz taking him down. I just don't think it'll matter that much just because I don't think he's holding him down. And... Uh, it's not like a consistent thing that's going to win the fight. Just because, you know, Sudo does come in hit square a good amount of time and square and narrow just the way he closes distance. Um, even though his stance is so long, like when he's static, but when he actually gets into exchanges, he ends up being a little different with the way he closes uh, closes people down. So, yeah, I could see him walking him into a couple doubles, but it'll be brief. Um, I don't see that being a thing. I don't think Sudo's going to try to wrestle him at all. It's probably not fun for him. But, yeah, yeah. I, I just... Same, kind of similar uh, to what other people were thinking from the site, just that, yeah, like, Cruz might have a few advantages, but it's probably not enough to overcome the other uh, challenges facing him here. Yeah, I'm I'm not as... Uh, I love Cruz, and I'm not as big an expert on him as you are, because, you know, he's he's primarily a wrestler, probably more so than people think, and I think mm-hmm. that's where most of the cool stuff that he does kind of lies, and you've done a lot of cool stuff about that. But I think not being able to wrestle is going to be really rough for him both in terms of like because he's you know he's getting older this is like his what this is like his number this is like his fifth fight in the ufc mm-hmm. this is like his fifth fight in a decade fifth or sixth it's insane like the merger was in 2010 right and he's yeah. fought six five or six times in the ufc since then so i think it's going to be kind of ugly in the early stages because he says ring rusted and real i don't really think that's true but I think the takedowns are against anyone else. The takedowns will be a good place to at least like get a break mm-hmm. and you know kind of like collect his thoughts a little bit. But Sahudo's going to make that tough. He's yeah. pretty much indestructible, so he's not going to get like dropped like Faber did. It's just against someone who's physically declining. Sahudo's just a generally tough matchup, regardless of how the style matchup actually is. Exactly. And I think the style matchup's not fun either because like I would I would take Cruz in his prime, I believe. Just because, you know, he could, like, he's the best outfighter that Cejudo will have faced. He can go right. five hard fives. And even the kicks. Like, Cejudo's a good kicker. He's not nearly as consistent with it as mm-hmm. I would like him to be to deal with Cruz. It's just that right now, it's just Cruz, I, I don't know what to see from him. After, after Verdum on the prelims, who's been out for less time than Cruz at a worse weight class, it's just, I expect it to be really ugly. I'll, I'll be very, very happy if Cruz mm-hmm. wins. That's definitely what I'm rooting for. But... Just pure, pure toughness, considering for, for Cruz, I think that'll make it more competitive than it has any right being. Um, where he, I don't think he will get banged out real quick, just because 
his durability probably hasn't faded from the Garbrandt fight to now. You know, it's probably about the same, just considering the layoff he's had. Um, so I'd be surprised if he looks like worse physically than the Garbrandt fight. Um, although he seems to be indicating, like in like the countdown and like not maybe not the it countdown. Feels but like, yeah, that he feels better physically than he has in a while because he's had time to heal and. Uh, but he always says shit like that, so it's hard to, it's hard to know what it actually means uh, or take it seriously. But yeah, I, th- I think he'll probably uh, he might get hurt, but I, I don't expect him to get finished. And I'd be kind of surprised if he got finished. But at the same time, it would make sense just because like, okay, yeah. he's shot. But I don't expect him to be. I mean, the way I bet this is, I bet Cruz straight and uh, Sahulo TKO. Because the way I'm looking at it is, that it's going to be a pretty binary performance from Cruz. If he looks good. I give him a good shot at winning because there are a lot of things he can do that trouble Cejudo. And if Cejudo just never gets into gear right, then it's just not going to work out for him. Because there's a point in the middle of a fight that happened against Marias, and I think that's kind of like the best guy he's legitimately beaten who's good at this point. There was like a point in the middle where he just kind of went at it. And if he doesn't hit that point, Cruz might just run circles around him. But if Cejudo comes out hot or if he hits gold medal mode, as Danny calls it, uh, it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard, and I'm not sure. Like, if Cruz lasts, I think he wins. If Cruz doesn't last, I don't think he goes to a decision. I think he just gets finished. Yeah, that'd be sad. All right, Pete. Makes for uh, a good hedge, though. Yeah, yeah. GSP got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's cool, but like, you know, we already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't really mean more to me now that the UFC made it official. You're like, oh, congrats. Like, that's not really an accomplishment for him. <laughs> I mean, the UFC Hall of Fame is kind of like, they kind of feel like a WWE Hall of Fame, where, mm. like, it's more about people who've done things for the company than it is about people who've done things for the industry. Yeah. So, like, you know, GSP, he wasn't any legitimate Hall of Fame before this. Like, everyone knows, everyone knows that. Like, if they never end up putting a bunch of guys into the Hall of Fame that deserve to be in there, they're no less great. So, like, this doesn't really mean a ton. But, you know, it's cool that the UFC is acknowledging it. In the order that you would put people in your Hall of Fame, when would a Sun Tzu show up? <sighs> hmm. That's, that's a weird one. Probably because of the robberies, somewhere around, like, 25 to 30. You would do Hall of Fame just in order of greatness? Yeah, probably. There was a time where I had Rafael Sun Tzu in my top 20 greatest of all time. Uh, but I made some adjustments. And then Those won. were the days. <laughs> He's still top 30, though. Deserves He's around. He's around. Yeah. Shout out to Rafael Sunsau for no reason in particular. Being awesome and great. Yeah, so I guess Aldo would go in our Hall of Fame first. Yeah. After John Jones, but he would just be like, it would be the John Jones. Yeah, you know, John Hall Jones of Fame. starts in there. It'd be named after him, so it would be implied that he is like number zero in the Hall of Fame. And then we do Aldo. Yeah, there's just no like induction for John Jones. He's just built in there. It's Any Hall of Fame scattered across, you know, like they're hidden in rooms, and like it's just like a, there's whispers of him throughout the building. Yeah. We break ground next year. It'll be fun. I like how the commentary team is sitting at separate tables, but in the beginning they still did the thing where they all stand next to each other and scream. <laughs> but they didn't uh... have to scream this time. We should we should scream though when when something cool happens. I mean, there's like that second gap, but you know, mm-hmm. you start screaming and I just scream in unison, I'm not pretending really that I know what happened. I was a screaming guy. Man, that sucks. We could have we could have really had something special here. My best here. look. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not, I'm not a screamer. 
But usually there's like a crowd. So in the beginning, like when you know Joe Rogan and Dana White talk to each other, they have to be shouting. Okay. It's like you know the screaming channel for a little bit. What's up, everyone? This is the UFC. This is not the UFC, just in case anyone's out there accusing us of pretending to be the UFC. Or better. He, he was joking. Why would I pretend to be the UFC? The UFC yeah. sucks. Yeah, we're much better than the UFC. If we could put on our own fights, we do. We do a good job. Just give us all of the UFC's money and we'll make it happen. Whoever's in charge of that. Hit us up. Let's see, how would I rearrange this card? Let's look at people who are in the same weight class. I keep Cater Stevens because I was sick. There's only one featherweight fight. There's only one that weigh heavyweight fight. Welterweight. There's Luke Price, Pettis, Cowboy. Would I you do, mix them up? I think I would. I think I'd do Luke Cowboy because, mm. you know. <laughs> you do Pettis, Price. That's a hilarious yeah. fight. <laughs> exactly. That, that's kind of the end, the end goal. Just two guys who can't win rounds trying to win <laughs> rounds against each other. And Luke Look at Cowboy would be weird. I would do Cater, Ferguson, and Stephen Skechy. Oh, shit. Cater, <laughs> Ferguson would be... Okay, I mean, Ka- Ferguson might just kick him a lot. they were at lightweight because it's the catch weight at 150. Yeah. I mean, Ferguson might just kick him a lot, but he also might just get countered and die. Mm-hmm. Possible. Uh, the multiple heavyweights there are. I would do uh, Nganu, uh, Hardy, obviously, and uh, yeah. Rosenstroik. DeCastro, which I would, if they ever booked that fight, I would watch it. Yeah, I mean... I'd watch that heavyweight fight. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to keep the badness contained to one fight. That's in Ganu Hardy. <laughs> make, uh, it, make it quick and simple. It's just, you know... I and mean, that pretty much guarantees a knockout, because, you know, Hardy's going to be doing his thing not very well. And then Ganu's going to be doing his thing in the situation where he wants to be doing it. Let's do this next week's card. Okay, Bantamweights. There are two Bantamweight fights. There's Hunter Azure, who beat Brad Katona. He's like a wrestler. And uh, he's fighting Brian Kelleher. And then uh, Ricky Simone is fighting Ray Borg. I know that's not enough interesting people for you to like do compelling things to it, but would you would you play with that at all? I'm not... I feel like Ricky Simone and Ray Borg would be like kind of ugly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be like two wrestling guys. But you've also got a wrestler in the other one. You can't really put either of them against Borg or uh, Simone and have mm-hmm. it be, like, cool stylistically. I, I don't know if I'd play with it. I don't know if that can be any better, if that makes this sense. This one's more fun. Let's just move on because it's way better. Michael Johnson versus Tiago Moises and Alexander Hernandez versus Drew Dober. <laughs> uh, I, I do MJ Hernandez because that, that'd be cool, and both are kind of bad right now. Uh, <laughs> and... Dober, Dober Moises. Moises would just be sad because Moises yeah. would take him down and zap him probably. Yeah, I mean... I Shout out to Drew Dober. I don't think that you have bad grappling or defense. I just think Tiago Moises is really good at those things. Moises is, the, Moises is great. I love he's him. not quite Benny's here, but he's around Benny's here. And I think physically he's a little more imposing than Benny right now. Yeah. I mean, Shout Benny out to Benny for knocking out uh, Jakar Close while probably being shot. And also James Vick, but that wasn't the shot thing. Yeah. Who has he beaten well shot, basically, yeah. his last however many fights? Like, if we consider since, like, Hernandez, it'd be Moises, Camacho, Dober, and Close. That's a solid... Is he shot, though? Because he's on a four-fight win streak. Is it, like, is, it, is it possible to be shot when you, like, beat four kind of good guys? Like, I mean, like, Tiago Moises is really good. Yeah, Dober, I mean... we think highly of. Camacho, I think, is... 
tough. Decent. To beat sometimes and close is actually very hard to beat despite being not good. Yeah, I think the thing about Camacho is just he was hard for a Benny we assumed would be shot because he's just mm-hmm. like, you know, force exchanges and stuff. And Benny just didn't let that happen. I think it's hard to say. I think Benny's kind of in that place. Like the comparison I'd give is like uh, post-physical prime Aldo, where like he's not looking great physically, but mm-hmm. he's technically he's either improving or he's not declined. So he's still winning against a lot of guys. But, you know. I think, like, Benny was never an athlete, so I don't know how much athletic decline has actually hurt him. Who should Benny fight next? That's the real question. And I'm looking at the rankings because it should be someone ranked. Oh, no. It should be Alexander Hernandez. should be Ally Aquinta. It should be Ally Aquinta. That's, like, that's actually pretty responsible matchmaking. Yeah. I think Al, like is cool to negotiate and, like, take his time and only take fights that, like, really mean something to him because he has his real estate business. So he probably wouldn't accept an unranked opponent. I mean, who else is there for both of them? Below Al, there's Alexander Hernandez is there for everybody. Yeah, I mean, before the Dober fight was booked, before the Dober fight was booked, I went to Hernandez would have been the pick for me because it just makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense. It's like, I don't want to see anyone fight either of these guys. They should probably fight each other. (laughs) The thing about Iaquinta is I I don't mind watching him when he gets his fight. It's just Mm -hmm. that he's bad outside of it. Is the Kevin Lee fight him getting his fight? It is. That's what's cool about it. Did you enjoy that fight? (laughs) Second one, it was hilarious. I didn't like it from like the, this is how I usually enjoy fights thing. But it was like, Uh you know, how is he countering all these jabs? Where did he get this skill set? Where did it go? I just like when Al kills, like, shot veterans. Oh, yeah. I wish they were still doing that with him. They should do Al and Michael Johnson. That's a competitive fight for a little bit. Until Al just durabilities him. Yeah, he just, like, says, "Ah, screw your actually, like, simultaneous countering me at range. I'm just going to eat it and overhand you and you're going to die. I don't even think MJ's Jenny. It'll just happen. I think Al will just, like, wrestle and MJ will see the ghost of his past. (laughs) They'll get in a clinch, and I will, like, whisper the name Khabib into his ear, and Michael will just melt. Poor MJ. F and traumatized. That's probably why he beats women. <laughs> well, that's, oh, that's just not pleasant. Is, that, is he guilty, or is he... I think he was accused, but I'm not okay. sure. It's a legend, then. Yeah. Based, based on a true story, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Even being in, like, a position for that to be alleged is kind of uh, shady, but, you know. It was alleged of Phil Davis, and, yeah, that would surprise me, just because Phil Davis is a fairly good guy. So wholesome lad. You should take accusations seriously, so now I have to doubt Phil Davis' goodness, which is a shame, because I want to like him as a person very much. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, in general, that's why it's it's tough to, like, care about fighters as people. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't help it. Yeah, I mean, it makes it sense. I, if I was a good person, I would also care about fighters as people. You're a great person. I'm That's watching why these like fights. I'm so happy to see Francis Ngannou walking out right now with his fresh haircut. Oh, uh, no, I'm here for Fra- I'm, I'm still in Jarzinia. That's why I'm happy. Uh, Francis's uh, hair was uh, quite a disaster on the embedded videos, which means somebody cut his hair, um, which is not quarantine protocol approved. But neither is fighting. In the cage. But you, can the see, you can see right there when he bends over to take his shorts off, you can see the top of his hairline. It's not even like receding. 
at the actual hairline. It's like past the hairline. Like right on top of his head. He has a, a bald patch coming in, oh, which is a really interesting place for that to, to happen. Yeah, that's weird. It's unfortunate, but he's still pretty handsome and obviously very, very jacked. That's all that matters. When you're jacked, you can afford to look like anything. You're a heavyweight. Like I, I can't expect you to be good, obviously, because you you know you have that disability where you're, it's not possible. So at least at least be jacked. All I ask of you. Overeem had some nerve, like not being tight anymore. It, he so still has big up. muscles, but it's all loose. Yeah, Overeem looks like he's in a muscle suit right now. <laughs> okay. The Harris fight's gonna be sad, honestly. Either way. Because I don't want to see Overeem die again, but, you know, right. it's Harris. I think Harris has to win, or we're all going to feel really super bad. I mean, I think Harris does win at this stage, because I don't really, like, trust Overeem at this point against someone who'll just, like, come out and hit him. But, like, Harris already did that to one guy who we're like, oh, yeah, he might, like, you know, survive the early barrage, but then he just killed Olenek in, like, a single second. Who's better at fighting, Devontae Smith or Walt Harris? I haven't seen enough of Devante, but I'm gonna lean Devante. I don't know. He he lost to Kama Worthy, and uh, yeah, but he beat the DHK, the the other DHK. Maestro, Maestro yeah. DHK, and he knocked out Juliana Rosa, who's actually pretty tough sometimes. Oh uh, yeah, Rosa's not awful. He's not great, but I just think of them both as like not necessarily deep, but like athletic puncher with like decent mechanics and like kind of good timing on their straights and like can cover distance pretty well and then like not too much going on besides that. Yeah, they're like the hard to beat without really being good type. Mhm. I like I haven't studied Walt Harris either, but that's just what I remember of him. Like when he looked good, it was because of stuff like that. Yeah, Walt Harris. Like up until a little while ago, he was just like really really dumb. Where he like the God Beer fight where he got disqualified was just like really really weird, and uh, but he's kind of put it all together now I think a little bit. Um, and obviously his competition has been great. It's been the the Spivak guy who beat Tai Tuivasa mm-hmm. and uh, Olenek. So tough to say. This fight is starting pretty soon. Uh, I honestly I'd be pretty jazzed if it ended in the first round just because I. I would really like to get to these title fights because that's what I want to see. Yeah. And uh, if this fight isn't just like some cheap, quick entertainment, I'm going to be, you know, a little talking upset. Talking about something else. Yeah, we're going to talk about something else. So hopefully that doesn't happen. No, we'll talk about this fight, but I hope it's good to talk about. We'll either talk about it nicely or talk about it derisively. <laughs> which is, in fact, our trademark at the fight site. Except Luckily, about this is all going to be on Patreon and Patreon only, so... No one can hear our, our crimes. Yep. I noticed that the ring girls are wearing uh like shoes, like different shoes. I think they normally like wear white shoes, or I don't know. They're, they're, there's something different about their shoes. I think it's just one ring girl this time. This is Brittany. I know their names, yeah. I don't. <laughs> that, that knob was purely perfunctory. Yeah, I'm at uh, 450 of the first round right now. How about you? Mine is yet to start. Oh, no. That's fine. I'll just restart the stream and see if it's um, any more full. It's over. Oh, yeah, I'm at 445. Oh, did... Oh, shit. Yeah, Jarzinho got wrecked. Okay. That's a shame. R.I.P. Well, analysis. Uh, <laughs> he did counters, and he did some back foot stuff, but he definitely let himself get back straight up. He didn't do any evasive 
angling, but I mean, it was the first 20 seconds of the fight, and he kind of got blitzed, so what are you going to do? And he got caught cold. Yeah, he was trying to do stuff, and he ran out of room, and then he got clocked. Yeah. I think that's probably what happened, but we will find out in the replay. Did Nganu time his kicking to enter on that blitz? Uh, I didn't catch the beginning. My stream was refreshing. Oh, unfortunate. Your stream of the pay-per-view, which you purchased. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I got my wish. Fight ended quickly, which is great. I'm kind of sad about it, because I had a small... um, Oh, yeah, something on Jair? I don't know. I'm still up on the night, so I'm good. This is part one of uh, people on Reddit calling us stupid, because they're like, oh, my God, they're so confident on Jair, Zeno, and uh, Geishi. Like, they're like, how they're a lock or something like, oh, they're such idiots. And it's because more people are favoring one guy, and, like, I don't think anyone made any outrageously confident claims about Jair Zeno winning. I think we're just like, we think he's better, so maybe he'll win, and we all thought the same way. <laughs> I think a lot of it was just, look at, look at this. And Ghanu's actually leading there. That's not something, like... He misses with that overhand, just keeps plowing all oh, that was terrible. Keeps plowing yeah. forward. Gets so countered. Bad. Gets back he threw a JD- counter, just walks through it and keeps throwing hooks. He threw a JDS <laughs> rainbow overhand to start that off. Many good fighters would have been knocked out in that sequence just because doing good things does not stop Nganu from continuing to punch you. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> he landed like two separate counters in that exchange. He just couldn't, he, like, he just wasn't good enough to like pivot off. On the other hand, maybe if you're preparing to fight Nganu, you should like be saying, okay, let's limit our exchanges and not like stand in front of him for too long. So yeah. perhaps he should have been more prepared for a fast start there. But yeah. I don't know. Easy to talk at this point. <laughs> well, not a staring match. They did things. Yeah, sorry about your bet, but I am glad that the card is moving on. Because yeah. even if that fight was like a really impressive performance, I just don't feel like it right now. <laughs> Mike Perry saying give him the belt. Yeah, at this point I've got the Cejudo Cruz hedge and the biggest bet of the night on Gaethje, so let's hope the read was better on that one. Yeah, that's the most nervous I'm, I'm going to be is just the Gaethje fight, just because, like, one, I really want him to win because I really want him to fight Khabib because I think it's, it's, it's the matchup of the division. Yeah. Uh, on one hand. On the other hand, it's... I told people that I'm favoring Gaethje. I didn't even say, like, oh, I'm so, so confident. I'm just like, this is the, the lean that I have. But I just told so many people. Like, everyone's like, oh, you were wrong. And I'm like, you don't know about MMA because you got to pick wrong. I'm like, dude, that's so demoralizing for you to say that to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my thing is, like, since Cater won, I'm kind of happy with the event at this point. But mm-hmm. if Gaethje wins, that'll be even cooler. Um, if Cruz and Tony win, I will be about the same amount as hap- of happy as if Gaethje and uh, Cejudo win. Sounds about right. I want Cruz to win. Yeah, I, want, I, want- I want Cejudo to lose the stupid title fight because this is a dumb fight to be having and he deserves to lose it just because yeah. it's dumb. God. Like, man, that's just depressing to see watching the knockout again. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, one guy doing actually correct things, the other guy just doing dumb meme shit and still winning. Well, it's the heavyweight meta, and Ngannou yeah. understands it better. Why is he trying to be good? Just meme, bro. Uh, he almost... Oh, wow, that's pound. That's always 
crazy. Most UFC knockouts since 2015. What's the record for uh, for UFC knockouts? Because I think Santos holds it. Does he? Yeah. I know Cerrone holds the finishers one. But... Yeah, I think um, before the branch fight, Santos uh, broke Anderson Silva's knockout record or tied it or something like that, and uh, he knocked out Blachowicz after that, so he, he's definitely got it. So Anderson has to come back and knock him out at light heavyweight. Take it back. Also typing. No problem. It's hard to do more than one thing at once. That's why you probably don't do it on a live podcast, but it's Patreon only, and our patrons will understand that we have much important typing to do. Yeah. It's more content for the Twitter. Yeah, I can't keep up with the group chat at the same time as rests. The rest of this jazz. Too much. Too much, man. Yeah, so basically nothing about what Nganu did was good except the conceptual thought that I should just keep going because I, it will work. <laughs> yeah, it's like I should lead is something that Nganu has had some trouble with. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Everything else about it was very bad. And it's just... Rosenstrike, I mean... A couple of ideas about it, like to back up and check hook him was good, and then like to kick on the back foot was a terrible idea. Yeah. I mean, it. I don't even think that was what got him. I mean, it was a bad idea because he ran the risk, but you know. And he also couldn't plan his feet, so if he ever want, if he could or wanted to go either direction and not straight backward, it wasn't in the cards because he was so off balance from kicking. Yeah, like, his best shot was to just knock Ngannou out of stance with that, and Ngannou's just, like, he's too big to to reliably do that. I think he saw JDS do it once, and maybe was like, oh, shit, maybe I could, like, if Francis actually does something, I could consider, consistently try to pull that off, but no. Mm-hmm. So they're showing uh, Cruz and Cejudo warming up in the locker rooms right now, and Cejudo's guy wasn't really doing a, Cruz impression, a good Cruz impression, because it's hard to do, obviously, uh, but Cejudo was kicking round off his exits. So that is a little read there. And then uh, Cruz did seem to be employing some in-and-out tactics against his his guy. I really like those shots. Like, that's that's one thing I feel like you can kind of base things off of. It's like, what are they doing in their warm-ups? Like, what kind of stuff are they drilling? Wish they'd show that more often. It'd be good for better. Yeah. Did you freeze a little bit? What's that? Did you freeze a little bit? Oh, no. Um, I couldn't tell. Not much is going on <laughs> past that. Um, oh, now they're showing Anthony Smith. Oh, God. Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira. I don't... And DC talking about it. I don't know how to feel about this fight. I picked Glover. No, did I? No, I didn't. I picked I'm, Anthony Smith. I'm going to pick Smith here because... He's going to hit him hard and hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Well, Glover's been, like, low-key inspiring through this because he's, mm-hmm. like, you know, 
he's getting hurt a lot by younger guys who want to kill him and just like the first hit and winning those fights. But if there's one thing Smith can do, it's like, you know, actually go for a couple rounds to let guys lose. Mm-hmm. That's that's his biggest strength at light heavyweight, just letting guys kill themselves, giving them the, the time and the space to do so. The Ustamir fight is it was super, super rough, but he just kind of tough through it and waited for Ustamir to gas, and then he beat him where he was better. Yep. But, like, he doesn't have that advantage in the Glover fight. Like, he is not a better grappler. Uh, although he is big and strong and a, a pretty good grappler, especially for the weight, so it's like it could something could happen there. But like I don't know, I could see theoretically like maybe Glover you know, takes initiative and like kind of walks him down behind a high guard or, or like threatening hooks and gets into the cage and takes him down and makes him tired and like lays on him and it's a terrible atrocious fight. Like I could see that happening. Um, I'd like it if it meant Glover won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would I would like Glover to win just because I, I I appreciate what he's doing. Um, and he used to be better than Anthony Smith for sure. I don't know if he is now. Um, but I don't know. It'd be like it'd be cool if like Anthony Smith could like do something reliably like for his type, like do a good like long performance against Glover and like at least show that he's not useless. That sounds mean, but you know what I mean. I mean it, is, it is what we mean. The yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, Smith's entire light heavyweight career has kind of been like an extension of his action fighter middleweight career. Mm-hmm. It's just been against like more slower. fragile <laughs> guys. Yeah, slower. Like guys who like if he did the stuff he did to any one of those guys against Santos, the Santos fight wouldn't have gone differently. You know what I mean? Right. right. It's like he was just waiting for them to die, and Santos didn't die, so that's that's it. They put the graphic up for their names like that was the next fight. And I'm like, I'm not ready to watch this fight. I, mean, <laughs> I was just getting excited for Cruz Cejudo. I am excited for the fight. I'm excited for most high-level Bantamweight and Flyweight fights. They're pretty much all good. Bantamweight especially. It's it's a deeper division, obviously, because there's more of them. Yeah. I mean, it's literally deeper. Yeah. And Bantamweight's, like, generally better. Like, I like Flyweight a lot, mm-hmm. but... I think it's just because the guys aren't there, so like you don't really get any sort of depth in the division, so it's hard to find as many good guys yeah. or guys that are that good, just because you know there's less of them. Yeah, it's like <laughs> eventually you get you get guys like Joe and Fig, but mm-hmm. a lot of flyweight history is like guys who are like solid but not amazing. Fig's probably gonna move up to bantamweight at some point. So where do you think he fits in? I'm not sure. Let's look at the rankings. I don't know if he's like a. Like, I think he's a title contender, but I don't know if he's, like, a guy that's going to get a title shot, because it's really hard to get one. Yeah. Right now, at least. Well, it's really hard to earn one. It's not, Apparently, it's not hard to get one, but it is <laughs> hard to get one if you're deserving. Like, Jan and Sterling are definitely the top two contenders, and neither of them are, like, both Getting have to have right another now. fight. And, like, they cycled through three or four different fights for Cejudo, and at no point was Aljo or Jan <laughs> the guy. Or Sandhagen. Or Sandhagen. Yeah, I, I always leave him out. Um, yeah, it's obviously the three of them. I'm like, I just know what they're doing about that. It's like, it perplexes me. So they just like, right, so, want to build Cejudo's legend. Right, this doesn't really helping for anyone who has like you know context of what the wins mean, but. Mm-hmm. Looking at the rankings, Figueredo is at least number nine because Cody Garbrandt is number nine and Figueredo just smokes him. Oh, yeah. Um, looking above that, Jimmy Rivera would be really, really tough. I, I would pick him over the Jimmy Rivera that we saw last time. Uh, you know, strong on the back foot, could counterpunch him coming in and, like, you know, do some defensive clinch stuff. The, it wouldn't be the way Formiga did it, but it would be a tough fight for him. 
given that archetype, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Munoz, Munoz would be a car crash. Munoz would be brilliant. Um, I want it. Yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> Sandhagen would also be a car crash, because, but like Sandhagen, he's not really the defensive type. I think I would trust Sandhagen to to pull that one off just because the size. Yeah. And down the stretch, Fig is going to gas by himself, and yeah. Sandhagen's going to smash yeah. his body. Uh, this might be a hot take. I could see Fig being dangerous early for Yan, but I'd definitely pick Yan down the stretch. That is not a hot take, just because sometimes he does, like, his pressure becomes a little predictable, and, like, he walks into stuff. Um, yeah. You know, he's going to keep pressuring you, and then and Figgy is, like, a really dangerous counterpuncher, and he has, like, weird, like, freaky speed to pick up reads. Like, he'll do something once, and then the next time you do it, he's ready, and he's going to counter you, and he'll know exactly what you're about to do. Um, but beyond that, you're like, okay, he's going to do this. I just have to face him out a little bit. And yeah. I mean, looks. the thing about Yan is that he has a kind of a warming up period, too. Like, yeah. in general, good fighters tend to have that. He's pretty low volume in that period, so that kind of helps him. Yeah, because Fig isn't just going to, like, counter him coming in. But, like, you know, if Fig just goes ham, that could, like, you know, get him a tiny opening. But, like, nine out of ten times, Yan picks that up. Yeah. It's just... It's, it's not... Just, it's really not that hot of a take, just because, yeah. like, with Marais, too, you're like, okay, you know... Early on is vulnerable, yeah, and especially because not even because he's like that much worse, but just like if you get to the second round, he's still there. Like you know, he tried to inflict his process on you, yeah. and if he's still there in the second round, I mean, he did it. Like <laughs> like if he makes it to that point, um, it means it's happening. Like you're you're in it, and if Morais is in it, he's not gonna get out of there. Whereas yeah. Fig probably has a slightly larger window, um, just because he's not as limited to like being explodey in the first round. Uh, and I don't think he's as gassable, but he'll do it on his yeah. own truth as well. Whereas Marais, if you let him cruise, he won't. I think he's a little more intense with his style. It's weird. They gas for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at Fig overall for the division is so like above, for like the top eight or nine, he's just more of a dangerous fight than he is a good one. Mm-hmm. Or like a hard one, rather. So like, you know, I could see him like, you know, he beats, like he beats Cody Garbrandt. Just absolutely kills him in the first minute. And then, like, you know, if he faces Pedro Munoz, like, he just randomly gets a win. Like, he beats a shot half or something. So there's, like, a path there that's, like, plausible. It's just it's hard Brazilians to see All and Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> yeah. He beats Marlon Moraes after both gas in the first round. Jesus. It's just, you know, there, there's, like, there's a path. It's just hard to see it happening. When Fig is also kind of a size bully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, an athleticism bully, I would say more. Um yeah, it's so rough. Probably form. more likely than him like moving up and having to like fight a bunch of contenders. Let's say he moves up and he like only has to fight Cody or something like that, and then he gets Suhudo. Like let's say Suhudo wins. Ooh. That's probably one of the more interesting fights for him in the top five is, is Suhudo, because yeah. they're kind of they're not good at the same things, but like the way they win is kind of similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like that might, that's not as true as I wanted it to be when I said it, but you get what I meant. Yeah, I think it's pretty true. <laughs> it's kind of more like. They they're more about like the feel of the fight than mm-hmm. any sort of technical advantage. There you go. That's that's a smart way to say that. <laughs> yeah, and they're kind of like opposite in terms of like how the flow of the fight goes. Because like Sahuda's going to take his lumps and then come back, or Figueroa is just like going to kill Against you. Against he took his lumps and then came back, but those yeah. those were stupid lumps. He didn't have to take those. I don't know why he did that. Yeah, I mean, and there was like it was still only like two rounds into the fight, so mm-hmm. it's not like a it's not like a Sahuda type sustain type comeback. It's just like you know. He did his thing, and it worked just after a little bit of yeah. adversity. Yeah. But, yeah, Cejudo uh, Figueredo would be kind of insane and stupid, but great. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about it, because, like, outside kicking offense, 
he was working on on Fig, right? Joby was low kicking him. It, I think looked okay dealing with him, but mm-hmm. it was kind of working. I'm not, I'm not really sure. You probably haven't really kicked him that much. Yeah. Like, Just well, kind of definitely the, didn't. And, yeah. I don't know. And his kicking yeah. game's actually pretty good. Yeah, and Elliot tried to do a, l- a little bit of like weird linear kicking, but that's not mm-hmm. really indicative of anything, especially with Cejudo. Um, I mean, I'd just be worried. I'm not super worried about the wrestling there for uh, Fig because Cejudo's not really yeah. much of one. And he looks really hard to grapple with, too, and that's not really Cejudo's strong suit. Yeah, but then you've got um, just, you know, indestructibility after a point because Pantoja kind of just gassed him out with that. Oh, shout out to like, a bunch of people who had this meme where, like, clean-shaven Cruz is unbeatable and it was because he had facial hair is why he lost to Garbrandt. Uh, he must have shaved three days ago because it is it is back. Oh, uh, first. <laughs> he did not time his shave correctly. I think it looked good. Yeah, I like, the, I like the facial hair Cruz more. Mm-hmm. Just That's just a hot take. Yeah, I mean, he looks really young without yeah. it. I mean, in general, it's, like, a lot of guys tend to look better with it. I think I look better with it. Even though I don't have good facial hair, I think I look worse without it. Same. You look good with yours. I mean, it's not it's not good objectively, but it helps. Suhudo, <laughs> on the other hand, I think his facial hair is ugly. Suhudo's facial hair is weird. It's, like, kind of patchy. That's his, uh, his Mexican heritage. Not really, but... <laughs> well, yeah, really, because, I mean... What what is Mexican heritage? It's like Spanish mixed with uh, native Central American. Yeah, I don't. And the native like people uh, like traditionally can't grow full facial hair like the way that like Westerners do, um, or Europeans do. It usually grows in like just on the chin or like just mustache and chin, or it's like you know similar to like a West Asian. I don't know. I'm like totally doing a phrenology right now, but. That's a thing that I was told from an anthropology professor, and I hope he wasn't being racist. My anthropology, well, I had anthropology this semester, and it was not as interesting as facial hair tendencies. It, was, it wasn't, no, I, I take it back, it wasn't an anthropology professor, it was my AP US teacher in 10th grade. Oh, nice. He could have been doing a racism. He's a bit of a, of a tradcon. That's rough. Sorry to everyone for the racism that I, you know, am guilty of. I'm I a total you. Dan Albert now. Oh, man. <laughs> My favorite part of that was that he confused racy for racism, and then he just went off on that tangent. Someone was like, you're being, like, some, someone said racy, and he's just like, wait, I'm not being racist, and I just turned it to something completely different. I did different. not follow that whole thing. I just, I thought the point of it was that he does not like the murder hornets because they come from Asia, and, like, that was his beef with them. <laughs> And that's why he was racist. I don't know. And if you're listening, which you should be, you traitor. If you're not, um, you're not. You're not racist. And murder hornets are bad, regardless of the country they come from. But yeah, because a- I hate them, whatever like additional details I learn about them is another bad thing about them. So yes, they are bad because they're from Asia. Because I hate them. <laughs> I'm just doubling down. <laughs> Makes sense. See who they're looking thick. His head looking massive as ever. Bigger, even. This is cool. It's a cool fight. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for it. If, if Cruz looks good, this is one I'm genuinely looking forward to. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't want it to be another. I don't want to say meme performance because there's legit depth to them, but just like Suhudo's like abilities are kind of memeish, and like yeah. the way they play out makes sense. But just the fact that he has those qualities is like makes me mad because if he didn't have them, he wouldn't win. But you could say that about anyone that wins fights. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Sahudo's just kind of weird to gauge. Like uh, a while back, Danny asked, "Like who's the guy you don't know? How good he is?" We, we both said Sahudo at the same time. Like, he's just the first guy I think about when it's like that. Yeah. Like Marias was kind of the only really indicative elite performance other than DJ, which he lost both mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And Marias was just you know really really bizarre. I mean, Dillashaw, you could say, if you want to call that a performance. I wouldn't really call it an indicative one. That's the problem that I have yeah, with that. Yeah, it's too short to, to really know. And also flyway. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah, it was, it was tough, tough to say. Um, one of the fights that always sticks out in my mind, I don't know why. I guess because people like just talk about see who does wrestling like it's a given. Like, oh, like Olympic gold, man. Like, it's of course you can take everyone down. Like, yeah, but like, can he? Because uh, Chico Camus gave him a really hard time. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It was like such a weird fight, and I don't know if it's because of like the way Suhuda's wrestling is trans translating to MMA. I'd have to watch that again, or if it's just because he has motivation issues and it what maybe wasn't working as hard as he should have been for that fight, and it was hard to do things. Um, but he's not like you know a sure thing as a wrestler. Yeah, I think it's it's been generally consistent with the way he's wrestled since, because like Suhuda's not aside from Sergio Pettis. It was like really impressive to outstrike, but not super impressive to outwrestle. It's mm-hmm. not, he hasn't been super successful as like a shot wrestler. Yeah. It's mostly been for DJ, the same inside trip like six times. Yeah. And I don't know. His snap downs, his snap to front headlock is really good. And his front headlock is super heavy and tight. Um, he actually likes to hit the inside trip off the front headlock, like in freestyle. He does that a lot. Ooh. So watch out for that. If Because uh, Cruz is somebody that could get caught, hunched over. Um, he's probably a tough guy to inside trip. He's got good hips. But we'll see. Cruz I'd is like doing to see a, some scrambles here. He's doing some uh, karaoke. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. He's doing the same, the same warm-up. I used to think that was the coolest stuff, the, the crazy Cruz footwork. I used to copy it. I mean, when Cruz is doing it, it's still cool. Sometimes he has a good doofus, but other yeah. times I'm like, yeah, that's cool. When he's doing it in a fight and it's working, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. But, like, when he does it in shadow, it always looks dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that's just kind of the thing with Cruz. I'm more nervous than I thought I would be for this. Yeah, now that I've given it more thought, it's more interesting than I originally gave it credit for. Um, I did not give it credit originally. You know, but I don't know. It's just... I would like to see it be, like, a legit fight. Yeah. You never really want elite fights to be disappointing. Yeah, I mean, this could just be Ngannou Velasquez, and everyone would hate it. Cruz is Velasquez in this case? Yeah. Of course, of course. All right. Getting ready to get going here. For me, both guys have been announced and they're meeting in the center. Yeah, I'm a tiny bit behind that. Uh, let's stop and refresh. Cruz looks so big. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I'm on the stare down if, now. If that's a thing, that'll be hilarious because Julian pointed out in his uh, breakdown uh, that, you know, the way Suhudo enters a lot of the time makes him vulnerable to a reactive double. Like, not just that he enters, but the way his stance is when he enters. 
And if Cruz can just big him, that'd be pretty cool. But I think once they get in their stances and start moving around, it's not going to look as pronounced, the size difference. Yeah, I think a lot of, like, the way Cejudo does things, like, at least early, it's just the long karate-style stance thing. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be harder to get in on a double. But when when he's entering and, like, turning over on his hip to punch, and, like, he, he squares up. Yeah. I mean, given some training footage of Cruz, I'd like to see him just, like, sit down and shovel hook the body 300 mm-hmm. times. Yeah, wasn't that a surprise? He posted that yeah. video of him hitting pads, and he uh, he did some hook into the body. He uh, he does this, you know how he, has, he does the dart off to the left with his right hand? Yeah. Um, he usually goes, like, straight and then and darts and exits off to the outside angle, but against, like, Jorgensen and maybe a few other times, he did a right hook to the body dart, and then doubled it. So you went right right hook, right hook, and went low high. Uh, I, I love when Cruz doubles on punches. Yeah. That's There's something some, I copied too. You know some cool he did some cool things for um Faber with that too, but Cejudo doing some smart things now early, kicking with Cruz very Faint, early. Fainting him and then kicking as well. Yeah. Just smart. To draw him into whatever compromise stance he's gonna adopt to try to get out of it. Um, Cruz coming in off kicks a lot. I think maybe that was the solution to the weird leading problem with Garbrandt. Is like maybe I'll just kick more of my entries. Yeah, he's trying a linear kick. I don't know if I've seen that from him often. Um, so he does targeting the legs, which is smart. Oh, he's punting his legs smart. out. The nice thing is that Cruz always switching stances. Is he can catch the inside or the outside? It doesn't really matter. He can just spam the rear, the rear low kick. And this is a bit more diligent of a smart performance than it was against Marais, where he just kind mm-hmm. of hung around without knowing what to do for the first yeah. couple of rounds. Um, it's so. good, though, because, like, common common intel... Oh, he caught a kick and almost got him down there. Common intel would be, like, for, for fighting crews, is I think a lot of people who at least know a little bit, they think about the Dillashaw performance, and they're like, okay, TJ would have won if he was low-kicking sooner. Like, there's a very common narrative, so, like, it's kind of like a... Like, okay, good. Like, you passed, you passed an IQ test to, to add that to the game plan. Yeah, now Just it's... To, yeah. We'll see if Cruz has any, like, special answers to it, because I could see him, like, fainting them out or something. But Cruz uh, entered, entered on a kick and oh, uh, gave him. up his leg, and Suhudo uh, lifted off the high C and, and dumped him on his butt, but... Cruz still a voracious scrambler. Cruz is up, yeah. I think Cruz caught him with a knee there, but... He's really taking these low kicks. Oh, God. Although uh, Cejudo not as powerful in front headlock against Cruz. He's gotten out of front headlock twice pretty easily. Yeah, but Cejudo fighting the right fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. He's been so consistent with the leg kicking. And he's really he's selling out on them. He's really punting them. Just great. Yeah. Was he doing that with Marais, too? I feel like he, he was. He just couldn't figure out the range. I don't really think he was. I think Marais kind of... Because, yeah, the range was a big thing, but I don't really know whether he was trying to. He kind of just entered into punching range and got countered a bunch. Cruz punching off kicks here. That was cool. So a little bit of what I expected when when Cruz... Uh, when Cejudo does commit to a you know a punching lead into the pocket, then Cruz is making him look a little dumb. But, yeah, the kick is really an issue. Yeah. Oh, he just went low high on that entry and came back up. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, Cejudo's doing doing some good stuff here. I had never said the time. I'm at one thirteen of the first round. I'm sorry, I'm doing bad at this. 
I just got to the same place. That's not a. I would say the the feints of Suhudo have been a big part of this performance thus far. Yeah, they're kind of replacing his punches because his punching injuries are not that good. Yeah, he's not really committing to get Cruz angling off. Mm-hmm. He's basically feinting to get into range and then get kicking the legs. This is like a something he's been able to repeat over and over again this entire round. So why stop? Yeah, I mean, and I don't, unfor- like as smart as Cruz is, I don't really see it not working at some point. Mm-hmm. Just because the way his style is built, it's just tough to right. prevent. Right. Oh man, in. yeah. And Cejudo finding a little bit of the success that uh, Garbrandt did, like these extended pocket stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like that's something most of us thought would happen, and that's kind of how we thought it would end. Um, yeah. I think maybe uh, because Cejudo is punting his legs, it's going to you know force Cruz to, to initiate more often than make it more likely to happen and, yeah. and you know increase the number of pocket exchanges. Looked like Cruz just headbutted him. Yeah. Cheeky nodder, as Jack Slack would say. Did yeah. they? Is the round over, or what are they doing? They went to the wrong yeah, corners. Yeah, round is over. But... They both went to the wrong corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad Cruz is having fun. He obviously lost that first round, but yeah, yeah, and he's he's in a he's faced with a a choice here. <laughs> yeah, because he's going to keep eating those. Do you see it turning into the Garbrandt fight because he feels like he needs to lead so much more now? Yeah, I mean, I think he's even at the end of that round, kind of, he was like settling more into a stance and like trying to stand his ground a little bit. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really see how that's going to work when it's not really what he does. Mm-hmm. And Cejudo's like fighting a good fight to take away the thing that Cruz does. So I mean, as good as Cruz is, it's just yeah. not going to be good to have Honestly. your entire planet taken away. I feel like I'm overstating how successful Cejudo's been in the pocket in this fight so far. Definitely not as effective as Garbrandt. Like, Cruz, more often than not, has come out for the better when they actually exchange in, in the pocket with punches. But I just think uh, it's a losing battle. Eventually, he's going to get get bonked. Yeah. The good thing is Cruz doesn't look physically too different. No, he looks good. Which, like, you know, a, a respectable performance here is a win in theory, if that makes sense. If he made it to decision, I'd consider this crazy impressive. Okay, uh, so Cruz is picking up the amount of getting the after waiting in entries, but yeah. I think a problem he had with Garbrandt is when he wasn't landing on those, he was staying and continuing like extending the combination to try to find something that he can land. Now he's just leaving. Yeah, he's leaving after he tries. That's so keeping up the kicking. Yeah. But, now. Cruz kind of set that. Sorry, Cruz kind of set that uh, that dynamic where uh, he was doing those kicking entries, and Sudo was countering those, and now he's fainting them and drawing out the the counters and, and entering off that with his punches. Yeah. Cruz fainting a little upstairs too. I'm at a 350 of the first round. I'm at 355, so the gap isn't nice. wide. Nice. The refresh worked. Oh, see, again, the leg kick. Did you like that? Cruz went body jab, and the next one he went a uh, lead uppercut, because uh, yeah. he was matching his level with the punch. He caught him with a lead uppercut uh, in the first round, too, and just, like, weaved straight out. It was, it was pretty slick. So right now for you should be a bit of a pocket exchange there, where they, they both miss everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So I think we can assume now that the Suhudo is less, uh, at least not as fast and not as tight, less effective in the pocket, less awareness. Um, just kind of willing to throw, and he has his eyes open, but he's definitely not as uh, accurate as, as uh, Garbrandt. Yeah, a lot of this is just a really smart tactical performance, more than like mm-hmm. skill at doing what Garbrandt did. That's kind of like Suhudo in a nutshell, though. Like he's, he's yeah. pretty solid in terms of skill competency, but a lot of it's physicality and ideas. Yeah. So I think we do know how good he is. <laughs> I mean, and the trouble is more knowing how far he goes, because even this fight doesn't really tell us a ton if Cejudo's the one that wins. I think it gives me a lot of confidence in Peter Jan, is what it does. Yeah, right now it's looking pretty good for... Oh. But yeah, Cejudo's fighting smart. A lot of body head punching stuff. I just think Space- the skill depth as a boxer is going to come back to bite him. Yeah. Maybe not in this fight, though. <laughs> it's not going to be in this fight, but... Ooh, Cruz for the four-punch combo there. So we're seeing kind of, without the round kicking, Suhu as a pressure, if he's not crashing into the pocket over and over again, is, is not really much much of anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, but with yeah. the round kicking, he's excellent. Yeah, it's, it's hard to look good against Cruz in that sense, because he's just really, really good at that. You know, out fighting and stuff. But mm-hmm. with the kicking, he's doing a great job. And I think Cruz is just trying to, like, win on activity right now, which makes sense. But Cejudo's just backing him up very effectively. Yeah. yeah. And just based on the way judges trend, I think they're going to be favoring Cejudo for sure. Definitely. And then they probably should be. Yeah. You can't disregard the low kicks. I, I think Cruz has been no-selling them very well, but it's definitely, they're they're big. Yeah. It's just hard to tell when he when he does know some of them, like how much they actually matter. But like, it's very consistent that he that he's been able to land them with seemingly full power. Yeah, I mean it's just he's just as mentally tough as they come, and that just makes it really mm-hmm. hard to find it. But it's a clean a clean kick is a clean kick. Yeah, for sure. And he like for every exchange they have where like not much happens, he does landing at least two or three round kicks. Yeah. He's been mixing him up well to the body, too, which is a, a good look. This is pretty much what I expected out of him. Like, I thought it would be very similar to the Joe B fight, just a little more measured. Yeah, and, and Cruz isn't looking bad. Like, this could be a genuinely very meaningful win for Cejudo, given mm-hmm. how good Cruz is looking. Yeah. Where would you rate Cruz so far uh, as an opponent to, to have beaten? Uh, probably, like, I, low 80s. I, low 80s. I mean, I'm still not super sure of the physicality so far. If it goes, if he can do this for the whole time, it'll probably be high 80s. But I mean, you, know. you can tell where where he's at physically by when they when they tie up. Like he hasn't seemed Ooh. at all troubled by yeah, the cuts. Bad. Did Did uh, Cejudo get headbutted? They Cruz uh, moved his head into Cejudo's as he came forward. Nice. I think it was definitely accidental. Well, yeah. But... Cejudo does do on purpose headbutts, but that wasn't one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in general, the way he ducks into stuff is how that yeah. happens. Yeah. I love breaking the action 24 seconds before the round is over. Yeah. I thought the round ended there, but... I guess that's proper refing protocol as you do it as soon as you see it. Makes sense. Yeah, 
So who has basically been able to do the same thing over and over again for two rounds? Oh, he just... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh he's done. God. He's done. Oh, I'm, no. I'm kind of, honestly, I'm kind of glad it's over. Oh, kinda no. Kind of glad it's over. So I think, that, I think he the kick went high. Yeah. Faded oh. him out and went high with the round kick and uh, just during the follow-up flurry. Bopped him a few good times. That's no good. Well, at least the Cejudo by TKO bet hit. Yeah, it's just like, I don't really know where that fight was going. Well, it, it felt to me like Cejudo had a good read on him. Mm-hmm. Felt like if, if that kick didn't happen, it would have been like, you know, Cejudo by decision. More of Cruz taking damage to the legs and not really getting anything significant going. Yeah. He's holding his own fine, but just the attritional strategy was going to pay off for Cejudo eventually, and like Cruz wasn't taking back the momentum of that fight anytime soon. Yeah, it just wasn't headed anywhere good. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not all that mad about it <laughs> being over I mean, now. TKO and Cruz is pretty crazy though. All right, so here's the exchange. Oh, it was a knee. He ducked him into the knee. His his punching mechanics, his head movement, like came came back to bite him. He ducked into the knee. Yeah. I think that was a round kick attempt too, and Cruz just naturally found himself in it. Yeah, it was it was a body kick. He ducked into it. That's Cruz's fault. He was trying to do like the proactive weaving type stuff, but he just mm-hmm. got. Yeah, that's that's crap. the problem with the. Uh, Leaning forward with your with your head movement and like not using your legs, um, mostly just literally moving your head around and leading with your head. Can't see stuff coming like that, and you end up out of position. Then it's so much worse. Yeah, that's that's a pretty clean win though for Cejudo. I have no asterisks. Asterisks. Yeah, I mean Cruz looked fine. Uh, like you said, Prime Cruz would have won, but what would have been different? Exactly. I think that's a. That kind of shuts me up a little bit, like thinking that there is a version of Cruz I'd favor if if Cejudo's gonna fight that fight. Maybe it's like it wouldn't have happened as quickly just because Cruz would be more mobile and offering him a little bit more and more physical, more aggressive. But it wouldn't have changed the dynamic of the fight significantly. Yeah. I mean, in general, it's just I think we figured that Cruz not being able to duck in on takedowns would be mm-hmm. a pretty rough matchup for him. Cejudo just fought really, really smart on the feet too. That's a like actually a thing that worked against Cruz was the height matchup. Yeah, it, it took so much more work to get a, a window on his legs, and he would need a really clean entry to take him down anyway. Yeah, I got some people are saying early stoppage. What? What are you talking about? Uh, he got knocked like stiff on his on his back. Like he had to like re limp his body before he could start getting back up. And he, he took a ton of punishment, and I think. Uh, this isn't really how you stop fights, but just in general that it wasn't getting any better from there. Yeah, I mean, it's... there. You could say, like, for a title fight, it shouldn't have been stopped there. But, like, that's not really how it that's works. That's not the rules, yeah. But you yeah. ref the title fight differently. <laughs> like, I know people treat it that way, but, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm going to say, uh, I think, a solid... Uh, mm, I'd go around, like, an 86 here. Yeah, I knew that's... You, you knew what I meant. I was going to say 85 and think that you would think I was being too high, but yeah, let's go 86. I think that was a pretty good version of Cruz, and I don't think, I don't see any reason to deduct him. Like, he seemed like pretty much the guy he's been for a long time. Putting it in right now. (laughs) 
let's see where that puts Henry Cejudo all time by my by my rankings because I, he is she should still be top twenty for me. I don't think I took him out of it. He's about to yeah he's number seventeen for me right now. Yeah, I called Marlon Marais an eighty five, so I think it's only fair that I give Cruz more credit than that. Yeah. Although the physical threat isn't the same with Cruz as Marais, but I think just. Well, yeah, I mean, Marais, like, destroys Cruz head-to-head. That's another thing. Um, It's... 86 seems like a fair grade there. Yeah. Got six quality wins now for Henry Cejudo. And that will increase slightly his average... average value. Quality wins. Let's see where that takes me. Five... 189 for Dillashaw. That, that Cejudo beat. On that? Just based on yeah, prior form. Because you can't yeah, really just... extrapolate much from that fight. Yeah. Five by six. It's, uh, it rounds up to 85. His average win total, his quality total has gone up. His big three has been updated. So now, uh, now it's Cruises, his third best win now. I think I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to Cruz versus Marais is just a weird conversation mm-hmm. because Marais is like way more dangerous moment to moment, and I think you could say in a lot of ways he's better, but Cruz is just hard to like yeah. get a read on and have a good performance against. Okay, uh, this is gonna make you sad, but he was behind Benson Henderson, who's still in my top twenty for some reason, uh, and. After Benson Henderson was RDA, I think I'm going to put him over RDA. He has one less quality win, and his best wins are better. Makes sense. So he's going to go above RDA, and uh, Tony Tony Ferguson is number 14, and uh, I think he's going to jump Tony Ferguson as well. And Dustin Poirier is number 13, and I believe I will not have him jump Dustin Poirier. Well, no. No, no, he won't jump Dustin Poirier. It'll be number 14 above Henry, Henry's, uh, above Tony Ferguson. So he just went out three spots for that for me. Nice. I mean, yeah, Cruz, like, a close to prime Cruz is a pretty meaningful win in terms of all-time status. Riley and the and Burger friends said side note, Dom looked pretty good. So I think we're, uh, yeah. and then Julian said Dom didn't look like shit. I'm like, yeah, we're in the same place. Yeah. I think... Like, what I'm taking forward from this fight is mostly just, I'm not sure how Cejudo's going to do against the actual challengers when Cruz had that kind of success in exchanges. Because, like, it wasn't a ton, and I didn't expect Cruz to have a ton, but it was, it looked kind of weird, you know? I expected Cejudo yeah. to... I think this is a clean performance from Cejudo. <laughs> Ooh, but Cejudo's retiring. What? We've been too busy talking to each other. <laughs> oh, Cruz is retiring, jeez. No, it's saying Cejudo's retiring. What? What? I'm very confused. Twitter's Twitter's saying Cejudo's retiring. Bantamweight is free. What? Okay. I mean, Uh, yeah, definitely retire as champion. I don't mind it. Double champ. That's not usually how MMA retirements go. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. Probably, but uh, Aljo 
Jan right now. Unbook both of their fights. Do it right now. Don't mess around. Make it. Or they'll make either like Marais Jan or they'll make Aljo Sandhagen for the for the title. But I hope they just do Aljo Jan for the title right away. What I'm curious about is where Cruz is going because he looked good in this fight. And he didn't retire. I don't think Cruz. No one's talking about did? Cruz. Yeah, Cejudo did. Whoa. That's crazy. Like this. Oh, and Anthony Smith. Smith doesn't believe him. Probably fair. I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe him. Very smart, Anthony Smith. He wears glasses, you know, so like he is an intellectual. Anthony Smith, more like analyst smart. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, but he he probably won't stay retired. But you know, cool if he did do it. That's a pretty baller move, in my opinion. Yeah. Leave with the belt. Yeah, before we had to fight Jan. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, this that this is a robbery. I've been robbed of Jan Cejudo. How dare you take this fight from me? Um, I guess we'll talk about Ferguson Gaethje. Oh, talked about it the entire time. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I think we both have kind of the same read on it. It's just mm-hmm. not the popular read, which is Tony's probably just gonna get banged out here, and it's. If Tony survives, it's going to be a crazy fight, though. I, that that much else. I think there's kind of a path for Tony in terms of like breadth of attack. Like if you look at the kind of thing that um, Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier did with like really deep boxing skill sets, mm-hmm. there's I think there's a way that Tony can kind of like jerry rig his weird skill set into like kind of emulating it. You know, like instead of you know jab to draw and like hook to the body or kick the body or, like, elbow yeah. behind the guard. Just yeah. weird shit like that. And like yeah, He's not, like, a guy that never targets the body with his hands. He does. I yeah. just think his body kicking is a lot more reliable. Yeah. But it just, in general, if he's going to do the thing that he usually does, I don't I don't trust him. Gaethje wearing uh, wrestling shoes. Or uh-huh. like boxing shoes. But he's also been uh, wrestling, like, more than usual. And uh, also he's... Uh, been trained with Archie Colgan, who uh, I don't think he was an All-American, but he was round of 12 at uh, Wyoming, and uh, our friend Sam Egan, who wrestled with Archie at Wyoming, said uh, he's like probably like the strongest pound-for-pound, like most athletic guy he knows. So maybe wrestling with someone like that will uh, be helpful, just because like I don't know if Gaethje ends up in a a grappling exchange he doesn't want to be in and needs to Gaethje his way out of it, like he'll be physically prepared to do so. So, I don't know, it's just like a good little fail-safe just in case he does do the, the Fedor Verdum and rock him and then end up on the ground somehow and need to escape without getting triangled. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, don't even have no, I have no idea what Gagey's ground game is like these days because the last time I saw him grapple was against Luis Firmino. <laughs> How many years hey, ago was that? <laughs> I was, what was that, 16 or 17, somewhere there? Jeez. Uh, I remember he debuted in 17, and Firmino was, like, really shortly before that. So. Mm-hmm. Shout-out to Luis Firmino for giving Gaethje a really tough fight. Highest striking rate. What does that mean? Strike thrown? Uh, probably. Highest striking accuracy in lightweight history. And then people go, yeah, but his, uh, his defense stats are, you know, comparably low. I'm like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you have lots of exchanges. <laughs> I'd like to see someone else like maintain a high 
percentage while forcing that many exchanges and like not on your terms that often and just making them happen because you know you're better in exchanges. Yeah, I think that's kind of the problem with like gauging guys like uh, gauging comparison to guys like Wonder Boy. Is that mm-hmm. you know, guys like Wonder Boy just don't fight in a way that they get hit as much, but they're also not as good in places where they might get hit. So yes. just it's Gaethje would be Wonder Boy. Kick his oh, he would he'd kill him. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> he'd punish the long stance. Another another lead foot Larry shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Two Larry, uh, Larry coaching moments here. You don't want to close distance to your lead foot, whatever that means, and uh, long stances are bad. Yeah. It's just... just automatically, inherently, they are bad, and you should punish them. Imagine Somehow. not being squared up. Couldn't yeah. be me. You should barrel roll everywhere to cover distance. We were talking about this with the boys the other day, but uh, in terms of hand fighters... As strikers in MMA, uh, Gaethje's like top three, I would say, and like Jan, Izzy, uh, I don't know who else. <laughs> Poirier, hand- Poirier would be a good one. Yeah, he's a good hand fighter for sure. Which is why their fight was so awesome. Yeah. Tony Ferguson. I could see that. I think uh, I think Trey said that. Shout out to Trey. Trey's the best. Yeah, he is the best. He's so nice and smart. So good. humble. Giving us great podcast topics all the time. Oh, yeah. Always doing good stuff. So, Tony Ferguson, I guess, uh, I just can't trust him to do the right things. Like, I have no idea what goes on in his head, like why he decides to fight the ways that he does. Yeah. Like, do the things that he do. You know what I mean? So, it's like, yeah, maybe he could come out punching straight and, like, Playing off the high guard and elbowing and hitting the body and like straight kicking at range and not getting chewed up with low kicks and I don't know maybe he like gets a high pace really early and just collides over and over again and smothers it so he can't get hit clean and has a really smart high pressure performance like that would be cool and he has weapons that could make that happen like nothing I said is something he can't do I just like when have we seen him fight like the really smart fight immediately and like do it the right way in round one. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, I could see Tony from like the RDA fight giving Gaethje a solid amount of trouble, you know, mm-hmm. jabbing with him, uh, not really taking us. I mean, Ian there, he had a lot. Of, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd pick Tony there. It'd still be rough, but at least he was, he was sharp from the beginning there. He wasn't just like yeah, yeah. getting jabbed up by Donald Cerrone, which is just, you know, that, that was gross. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, there are a lot of things that Tony could do, but he has to survive to do them, and that's that's hard to see happening. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we didn't record this part, but when we were watching Pettis' uh, Cowboy, I was just remarking about how uh, Pettis kept nailing these check hooks on Cowboy and, like, you know, phasing him a little bit, and he kind of stunned him once. But, like, he was landing him basically clean, like, you know, planted his feet, like, hit him well, and Cowboy was pretty much fine. And then when Gaethje did it once, like, Cowboy was on his face. So it's just, like, the difference in punching power between the guys that Tony has fought and, and Justin Gaethje, especially with Gaethje being a much more potent, like, effective, and, like, knows how to get to those positions where he lands. Like, that's his game, is landing that stuff. Like, it's, it's so different than, like, Anthony Pettis not being a puncher at all and still dropping you on your face. Um, 
you know, just just for in terms of who Tony has been hurt by, it's basically everybody. Um, but it's it's always been him running into like some pretty high power strikes. That was like one of the least effective looking strikes I've seen him be hurt by. Um, although people can point to Pettis's power because he knocked out Wonder Boy, but that was like even even Wonder Boy was like woefully out of position to take that. So. Yeah, and that looked like it, it, like aesthetically, it looked like something that was much harder than most of what Pettis throws with his hands. Um, like not only was there a right hook, but he was also flying through the air, whereas he dropped Tony with like a kind of jank overhand. Yeah, I was like I remember because rewatching that fight. You could see Pettis trying to punch off the kick like multiple times during that, mm-hmm. and it that was how he dropped him. But Tony didn't really, like he got hit by it pretty much every time. It's just that the last time he was just like walking into it completely squared up, so it still wasn't like super prepared for it. Yeah, which is kind of weird because like a lot of Tony's game right is uh, all the jank kind of being subsidized by being mm-hmm. smart and taking away the threats. But against Pettis, that still wasn't really there. Which is weird. So I don't know. Gaethje just seems open and shut in a yeah. depressing way. I I want to add that like I think some people think we're minimizing the matchup, being like, oh, like as soon as they encounter like each other a couple times, like Gaethje's gonna put him out. Like I think people are equally, you know, thinking that we're undervaluing Tony in, in that regard, and also thinking that Gaethje is gonna like be worn down more easily than he's going to be. Um, especially if he comes out like in the cowboy fight where like he's a little more measured and he waits for Tony to make his leads and then punishes them. I think that's a smart strategy here. He doesn't have to be like super high pressure brawler um, to win this fight. In fact, I think it benefits him not to be. Um, although he is liable to take a few more strikes on the outside, I think it's a more energy efficient way to fight. I'm like completely parroting what I said about Yolo Romero and Izzy, but I think I'm still right. <laughs> about it being a smart move for him. Uh, so let's just talk about the possibility of, you know, Tony not going out early and like Gaethje having to fight. Let's say three, four rounds. Like, what what's his best way to do that? Uh, before I cut out, I was asking you like, what does Gaethje do? Like, what what kind of fight is good for him if he can't like hedge on Tony like just getting done? pretty early? Like, what if he has to have a more long-term plan? I know the low kicks are definitely part of it. What other things would you be looking for him to do? Mm, I'm not... I think uh, a lot of the clinch stuff that he's been doing lately against mm-hmm. guys like, um, you know, Cerrone and Barboza, that's going to be pretty effective because we haven't really seen Ferguson there in a ton of his fights. Um, and Gaethje does a really good job breaking from it with really, really hard shots. And it's kind of a reductive way to look at it outside of just, you know, Gaethje doing what he does, mm-hmm. but I think Ferguson's just going to have a lot of trouble with that. I think that there's a reason why we've been having some more trouble coming up with like specific tactical things for Gaethje to do than Ferguson, and that's because Gaethje just has to do what he does. Yeah, like it's kind of designed to work against what Tony does when yeah. they when they collide. Like if Gaethje can't find his way into the pocket, which seems unlikely just because of his hand fighting and the way he pressures, um, especially because his uh, you know, proactive head movement, like when he is making entries, is really good for straight punching. And that's what Tony does. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's kind of built in for this to be a good matchup for him. Uh, I feel like, you know, Gaethje and Dustin Poirier are both like kind of made to, to counter um, counter Tony. We're just getting Gaethje here first. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not like down on Tony at all. I think I think he's great. And I definitely appreciate him more 
after uh, Hacks was on your podcast. Yes. I think Hacks made a really good case for him as like a someone who who made something of their own and, and like owned it and has a lot of effective tools and has been doing really well with them and it's all on purpose and we should give that credit because we like when people do things on purpose. Um, I just think it's just a really bad matchup for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I'm more down on Tony's recent form because I think okay. what Tony used to be could be really tough. Well, I think what Tony used to be can be tougher for Gaethje than what I think he will be now. But after Cowboy, I can't really trust him. And even just in general, just the the attributes of the matchup, he's 36, he's been fighting once a year. Right. And the guys he's been facing aren't really built to give him a ton of trouble. He's built to give them trouble. Uh, an aggressive pressure guy against a Cerrone and Pettis and um, a good bottom player who can go for days against Kevin Lee. It's yeah. just, like, if you're having trouble with those matchups, I'm not sure I can trust him to win a, a good one. For Where sure. are you? Uh, mine sure. just started. They just touched gloves. All right, I'm a couple seconds behind 55 you. 55 for me. All right, I just started. Nothing really to to make any mark up yet. Okay, so there is linear linear kicking to the body from Tony Ferguson, which is definitely one of his keys to victory. So he's thrown roughly one kick, and it looks to be his strategy to keep it on the outside and do that. Uh, their hands are matching up a decent amount, so I wonder if uh, Gaethje will be able to get in off the hand fight. Yeah. Uh, Gaethje's starting to low kick a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Gaethje's taking his time, which is smart. Yeah, I mean, against Ferguson, you can kind of just trust him to kind of walk in on you when you're a counterpuncher a little mm-hmm. bit. But... He is starting uh, much more loose, much more warm than usual. It's not even like he's a slow starter. It's like he's usually a bad starter. Yeah. He looks he looks about himself here already. Yeah. In case you just sprawled off a body jab and was down. <laughs> He's fine. See, there's the issue with the exchange early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he almost had him with that left hook, or he did yeah. have him, and it just didn't phase him. I'm not sure. In case he was calling all like, the way around. He was calling for the left hook as the finish punch. Uh, he just bonked him again with the left hook. Nice. I always thought it was going to be the right overhand because of the, the straight punching, but apparently he's got something to read it here. And it's yeah. landing. I mean, it's a sensible one. Mm-hmm. It's a great punch. Yeah. It is, uh, he did catch him kicking, but he also ate the kick. <laughs> I, think I think Gaethje would be... Go ahead. Oh, I think Gaethje would be better equipped to kick more here because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, because if you, oh, he just caught him with the left hook again. Um, but yeah, if he's kicking more, then he's going to encourage Tony to come in more behind his hands, which is his his opening. He is countering the kick simultaneously pretty well, but he has eaten a few to the legs. Snap kick to the body there. Yeah, I mean, and one thing is, Ferguson's not like a super devastating like kicker. A lot of it's just mm-hmm. to like knock guys out of stance and push them back. He whiffed on that left hook, but he's definitely got the got the. Got the beat on it. Ooh, yeah. And then uh, the way that he just got caught straight in the, the pocket there, Gaethje got caught. That's basically how Cowboy was hitting him. And Gaethje caught him on the exit with a left hook again. Mm-hmm. So Gaethje's reactive head movement in the pocket is uh, drawing out Tony to throw more, and that's when he's finding the opening for the left hook. Tony punching off a kick. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice slip out there. 
Okay, like Gagey is exiting nice. off these lifts now. He's not just staying there. Taking it. Tony's, Tony's fighting a smart fight, given what he has. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's it's a great fight from Tony already, and I like the, the level changing on the strikes and the kicking. Um, this is one of the best fights he could be using right now, so that's great. And He doesn't seem to be super phased, but he, I don't think Gagey's landed clean yet. Most of it's been grazing or like top of the head. So we've yet to see what it's going to be like if, if Gaethje starts actually nailing him. Yeah. Tony jabbing a good bit here. Yeah, he just uh, ran, oh, into, he just ran, ran right into, into the counter. Uh, we're synced up then. I'm at 115 nice. uh, as I say this. Yeah, I'm at 116.15 now, so a couple seconds. We're pretty much in sync. Excellent. This is, uh, this is good. This is good. I think both Tony and, and Cruz are uh, impressing with me, impressing me with how they're showing up, and so did Jeremy Stevens. Shout out to yeah. Jeremy Stevens for having a good fight. Yeah, there have been <laughs> a bunch of weird old performances here, and both, but mm-hmm. the top guys I'm, are looking like top guys. Oh, oh, so he is, nice. he's punishing Tony's leads pretty well because Tony is coming in from too far out, and, and Gaethje's eyes are open. And he sees them coming, but we're not really seeing the one that we thought we were going to see where. Tony is in an exchange in the pocket. His arms are straight. His head is up, and he gets clattered, um, which is kind of how I've seen it. But yeah, Tony's extending the range a little bit more than he usually does mm-hmm. because normally he's the one that's kind of pushing into the pocket a lot more. Right. right. Oh, it seems nice like Gaethje's just trying to stay defensively responsible at mid range and and deal with whatever Tony's going to do and counter punch with him. Yeah. Which but is, the left hook is yeah. finding a mark reliably. That was nice. That was mm-hmm. nice. Off the takedown attempt, we'll, we'll yeah. fake there. Good round. Good round. Uh, Gaethje is basically answering my question of what would it look like for him to fight with a little more longer-term strategy, like where he's not, you know, hedging on finishing it early. Um, yeah. This is a little bit more similar to the cowboy fight, but against someone mm-hmm. who isn't nearly as, you know. Bad. Cowboy. <laughs> uh, as vulnerable, let's say. Tony's definitely still uh, uh, durable. Yeah. Which is weird because we were just talking about him getting dropped with like a not good looking Anthony Pettis punch and he's taken some decent counters. Nothing super clean, but uh, thumb in the eye there yeah, for sure. Oh, that's rough. Oh, that's why. Oh, the right didn't even land off that. Okay. No. Gaethje's pretty bad for this. Mm-hmm. He is a notorious eye poker. Getting set for round two here. And it's weird because I feel like if Tony turns it up, that's like bad for him at this point because he's just the pace is almost benefiting him. See, yeah, he's tried to start fast and just got run right mm-hmm. into the right hand. Yeah, I think because when the pace speeds up, he's less responsible, and then when he's less responsible, he's getting countered harder. So like. Maybe this is good, but I think Gaethje won that round. I mean, he put him out of position a lot. He kicked him. He countered him a lot. Um, Tony had success, but I think oh. Gaethje just won that first round. Yeah. And Gaethje's uh-huh. winning the exchanges pretty cleanly now. Mm-hmm. I'm at 430. Yep, 4.31. Cool. When we align perfectly, Gaethje will knock him out. <laughs> I, I like this uh, this Gaethje. 
he's less uh, less reliable to be exactly the guy we remember, but it's probably better for him to be this guy because it lasts longer. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, against guys who can, there mm. might be a theoretical guy who can hang with him in those sort of oh. fight that he, oh, nice. So he closed the door to the body and then he, yeah. in the next exchange he went high. I would stiffen him up a bit. That left hook really has been his money punch. He called that. Yeah, that's a very good read. I bet Trevor Whitman picked that out. Jeez, Tony's, oh, again the right hand. Shout out to Sean Madden, Elevation Fight Team uh, striking coach, because I'm sure he had a lot to do with this. A plus tier. S tier. Gaethje just did another Rick Story move where he uh, low kicked and then weaved off to the right after. Rolled under. Yeah. Because Rick Story is the only other guy that's done that. <laughs> so Ferguson's body jabbing, I think it's actually giving Gaethje a read on, on the left hook because he can time him coming back up in, into his stance. Yeah. I think the problem that I have right now is that Gaethje's the one on short notice. Mm-hmm. So if... You wonder, yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering whether he actually wants to extend it because he might not be able to go five rounds with this anyway. Where if he came out super hot, he might only be able to go one, but might finish him in that one. Or at least, you know, it'd be more reliable. No. This is a, this is a, a departure from, like, Gaethje's philosophical approach of, like, break you or break myself. Like, he's just straight yeah. up trying to win, like, in a normal way. It's a competitor-type <laughs> performance, as Danny yeah. would say. Yeah. Less less fighter, more more competitor. Is fighter oh, the other man, one? Man. Yeah. But Gaethje's still lacing him here. He's definitely winning. It is. Tony is staying a lot safer than I imagined. Yeah, that's the thing. Fight. Tony's not committing. Mm-hmm. But he's really still getting fight. his leg kicked to fuck. I just, I guess I'm nervous, like you are, just because it, it, it seems to be on pace to go a decent while, and I worry about what what's going to happen to Gaethje. <laughs> is he just naturally going to gas? Because I feel like Tony's not really fighting a fight that's going to gas him. Although he is jabbing the body, but like he just hasn't been as persistent with his body attack. Yeah. But, I mean, it's also, like, just taking a back foot roll naturally when you're the front mm, foot guy. Hard, yeah. Oh, well, like, he has been preparing ooh. to do it for a while. Yeah. Because he did do it against Cowboy. Yeah, I mean, you know, even just as a fighter, that's just who Gaethje is. I guess like, I'm he's, he's loading up on those counters a, a good bit. Yeah. Maybe he's frustrated that Tony's still there. He's still working. <laughs> yeah. He's used to people dying when he hits them. <laughs> I thought Tony would die when he hit him. Mm-hmm, me too. We spent a good amount of time talking about how we didn't believe in Tony's chin anymore. <laughs> it's a really good fight, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to somebody that isn't me writing about it. <laughs> I've decided I'll, I'll only write about wrestling for the rest of my life. It's easier to just write about the same kind of stuff over and over again and not uh, have to diversify and go back and forth. Makes sense. I don't know why I'm talking about that. This fight's still good. Yeah. So Tony, uh, basically just on the lean back, is dealing with the left hook, and I think that's yeah. Gaethje's cue to go body with it, which he has shown a couple times, but not recently. And Tony's kind of starting to get the pace up. See, there's some nice stuff. I'm cool with this round ending just so his corner can tell him that not to wing it at the head if it's not if the range yeah. isn't there. Or like fainted at at least. But see, that's the thing. I'm just worried that Gaethje's getting mm-hmm. more tired than he's used to off of yeah. well, it's not a short camp, but it's not a long camp. 
He's still landing the harder shots by far so far. Mm-hmm. But... And his defense is holding up, and he's still yeah. beating on the legs. Yeah. I think it's... Tony's just gritting through it. Oh, no. Jimmy oh, God. Him at the end there. Brilliant. This is uh, going the way that lots of people who picked Tony said it would go. <laughs> Something weird just happened with the corner man there. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Yeah, I don't know what Whitman's telling him because I have my sound off, but hopefully he is telling him to stop trying to knock him out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Gaethje was winning the round until then. Yeah. That was, like, the dumbest thing he's done all fight. Yeah. Just start winging. I mean, because they were landing. He's like, I just need to land more. (laughs) And the low kicks have been good. They've been scoring scoring techniques. I don't really see Tony doing a whole lot to stop them, so. I mean, I think you would even argue Gaethje won that round anyway. It was just... They both loaded up on uppercuts at the same time, but Tony (laughs) went... Brilliant. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely nervous. As Very a guy nervous. K2. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's like no, it is it is credit. I think it's credit to how tidy not I wouldn't call it tidy, but how much more tidy Tony's boxing can be than we've seen it at times. It's just yeah. like you don't expect him to start at that like that top boxing form. He's about as good as as he is. Yeah, right now. He didn't have that weird feeling up here where he's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tony's definitely proved me wrong here in terms of, like, mm-hmm. his form. Yeah. Oh, man. Again, no, Justin yeah. just... Yeah. He's been good on that straight counter off the parry and then the left hook on the exchanges, but the left hook is becoming less effective because I think he's been selling out on it and, like, focusing on it too much. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Banged him there with the right hook really good. Yeah. Close the distance with the body shot and then... I'm really Thank glad that Gaethje has such a good corner. <laughs> Garth came ready tonight, says Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Garth. I'd like to see uh, Justin body punch a bit more on, um, just not in exchanges, just to close distance a bit, because the yeah. left hook has fallen short a lot. For sure. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, he took that him out of his stance with a low kick. Oh, and then, and then him ran him into the right. Yeah, jeez. Okay. HT's doing a ton of good stuff. I just, I am shocked at Tony's chin. This is ridiculous, man. Like, it's always been like, Tony, oh, it's about his recovery time, not his chin. But he's, like, eating these things. And before, I was like, he hasn't been clacked good yet. But he's taken a, a ton of full shots at this point. As funny as Tony's body jab is almost entirely conceptual because he's not actually landing it to the body. He's, he's going, like landing it to the leg. It's the dick. It's a dick punch. <laughs> like, it's still a good thing to do, even if you're not actually landing the body jab. It's just a level change. Yeah. Okay. So if Gaethje wins this round, which he's on track to do so far, it's only been two minutes. I'm at 305 <laughs> right now. Same. Uh, I wonder what the rest of the fight looks like. I, I would never pick him to win a decision. But Oh, Gaethje caught him again coming in on a kick. He's walking him into these right hands. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, Tony's Tony starting like to see the... Aggressively like checking. <laughs> oh, he tagged him on that oh. counter. It's going to be the right-hand counters that do it, the left hooks. I don't know what it is, but... 
I mean, the left hook was a good read, but now Gaethje's starting to do his usual thing a little bit more. Tony's finding his counters when Gaethje aggressively pressures just straight this in. Is, this is weird, because these are two guys built on initiative, but they're both doing a lot better when the other guy's taking it. Mm-hmm. Gaethje went body on with the left hook there, which is thankful. In exchange, he just spat up a bunch of blood. Oh, lead right hand wobbles him. Oh, counter left hook again lands. I swear to God, if he hasn't been given all three of these rounds so far, I'm going to be mad. I can see two going the other way. A lot. (laughs) Tony's just indestructible somehow. Yeah, this is new, newfound chin. Yeah. I think it's, honestly, it might just be he got a good warm-up in (laughs) before he started, (laughs) and he's warm now, and he's been caught cold a bunch of times, and like one small thing, just starting faster. Nevertheless, it's just Gaethje's. It's not wrecking him, but he's certainly winning so far. Gaethje's a pocket awareness, like how how cool he's been and how defensively responsible he's been in the pocket when he's not trying to counter, as might be what gives me some confidence in him moving forward. Yeah. Because uh, it doesn't seem like it takes that much energy for him just to be good in the pocket, but when he, you know, sells out. When he's out loading up, yeah, yeah, as he did right there. That's what's draining him. But I mean, like, why stop? bombing on him with these counters because he keep landing them. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's getting touched up, though. Definitely increasingly more yeah. as the fight goes on. It's just... Yeah, it's hard to trust judges to look at power shots versus bombs because that's, like, the thing that they mess up the most. <laughs> nice. That was slick. Sanchai low kick. <laughs> so you, you wouldn't... Even if you're being generous, would you give Tony... This round, this is his best yeah, round. I, I don't, I don't see how you can give it to him. He's been hit really hard a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's at the very best for Tony two one with the second round stolen by that uppercut. In terms but, of narrative, you would say that the scale is tipping back in his favor. Gaethje yeah, head kicked him. Oh, Gaethje head kicked him and <laughs> ran into another way. Oh my god. Gaethje's definitely tired, but it, it yeah. hasn't affected his fighting that much yet. It might honestly end up being a good thing. This is wishful thinking on my part. It might end up being a good thing just because he'll stop trying to load up on them, but... Hopefully. Greg Savage said, Tony is the zombie king. That's a good nickname. <laughs> Crazy. I'd this say... is a much better fight than I expected. Yeah. Are we the, are we the casuals? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everyone's like basic read on this is like, oh, Gaethje hits hard, Tony hits hard, they both roll a lot, they both come forward, it's going to be crazy. I'm like, that's kind of how it's been. <laughs> Not because of that, it's it's very different dynamic, but like for, on the surface, like, oh yeah, they're both landing a lot, like stuff's happening. Oh. There's going to be so many cool highlights of Gaethje doing cool stuff in this in this fight. Yeah. Got to capture it all yeah. in one video. Tony too, Tony too. Yeah, Tony's... It's weird. This is just a really... This is, like, the opposite of what I expected. Like, I, it's not like I didn't see it coming at all just because some people did suggest that this was possible, and I was like, yeah, maybe, but I think this Gaethje will put him out first before it becomes this. Although I did say that, like, if it did become this kind of fight, I think it was overstated how much of an advantage Tony had. So everyone should think about how right I am, but I was wrong about Tony's chin for sure. You're right all the time. I've never seen you more. I've never right. seen you wrong. Yeah, I've been right pretty much about every fight. Most famously about uh, Frankie Edgar deser- deserving both decisions over Jose Aldo. 
Oh yeah, certainly. Not a recent take I've had, just for clarification. But it was a take I had at one point. See, the worry I have is uh, Gechi isn't Gechi hasn't been in championship rounds a ton, and these are really weird mm-hmm. circumstances. I'm not sure how many times. I think he got knocked out early in the fourth against Poirier. Yeah, he went five with Melvin Gillard. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a weird factoid. It is. It is. <laughs> I'm sitting on that one. I'm waiting for someone to ask me. <laughs> I think Gechi just needs to not get knocked out here, but, like... Yeah. So that's what I was getting ready to say. Also, it's uh, four minutes in. It's not four minutes in, but four minutes. minutes 3.58 for me right now. Same. Uh, What I was going to say was that uh, if this was against anyone else, I wouldn't be that worried because Gagey's up three, and I don't think he's going to fall off dramatically here, but just Tony can take a small cardio advantage and snowball it. Yeah. Oh. 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 That was weird. I don't know what happened there. So... Gaethje jabbing now, which is yeah. new. For this, new fight. In this fight. Yeah, new in this fight. And now he's oh. back to overswinging oh, back on, to... on his hooks. <laughs> it's just the oh. optics. On that. Oh, shit. Clotheslined him on that. Followed him on the exit. I wish I could be doing more technical analysis, but things are just happening really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Tony's leg is getting cooked. And it doesn't seem, uh, it does actually seem to be bothering him. Just the way he yeah, uh, steps through one of his punches, it's going to get him walked into a right hand, I think. And he switched, like, immediately. Like, he switches a lot, but, you know. Gaethje just having a smart five-round performance, it's possible. I just, I'm going to be extra double-pissed if Tony doesn't finish him and somehow gets the decision. I'm just really pessimistic right now, in general, because... This card, the main card has gone pretty much the way we thought it would. Kind of, yeah. I mean, the guys we expected to lose have kind of yeah. had smarter performances than we expected. Yeah, exactly. But the result overall was the Oh, Gagey boomed him again. This is a brilliant fight, honestly. Yeah, awesome. Oh, oh, oh Tony's wobbling. Kid. What the hell, man? His leg's giving out on him. A little bit, but man. Oh, man. Tony wants oh, a great Gagey's now. got him. Gagey, oh, Gagey following him. Back this to the is... leg, dude. It's his legs. Tony backing him off there, but Gaethje won the round off that, in my opinion. Gaethje smells blood, so he's like, ah, oh, fuck the legs. <laughs> Gonna punch him. Uh, Tony trying to kick the legs and getting nowhere there. Sometimes, like, freak stuff like that, they just recover really quickly and the, the moment is lost. Yeah, Gaethje should have followed up. I mean, he tried to follow up a lot, but... Like, with the like the low calf kicks? It seems like sometimes people get, like, stung on them and, like, something weird happens to their leg, but it recovers. Which you don't see happen like on the actual like attacking the muscle locus. Yeah, Yen Rivera was a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Where it looked like they were gonna be giving him a really hard time and then he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> What's Tony doing now? Spinning around in circles. Okay. Yeah, his his legs are screwed. Yeah. I think he's in case just he knows he solidified the round, so why oh. why push? I mean, that's the thing. It's hard to know because a lot of Tony's stuff is being optics right now. Mm-hmm. He's like fainting and moving, and Gaethje is just kind of standing there. At least to the people I told about Gaethje winning, I just emphasized the counter punching. Yeah. Oh, Gaethje gets a break. I'm kind of biased. Look how hard we're rooting for him. <laughs> he deserves it. He's awesome, man. I mean, Tony's awesome too, but just like. 
Ryan says, super impressed that Gaethje could keep up the counterpunching this consistently. That's, yeah, that's yeah. essentially how we've been feeling this whole time. Oh, this fight started again at the 48 seconds Ooh. left in the, the fourth round. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't trust Tony to gas Gaethje bad enough to finish him in the fifth round, but it is the fifth round, and Tony is the kind of guy that would say, like, oh yeah, I gotta go nuts now. I, I gotta, gotta go. Like, how much does he have physically, not cardio, but just like, physical ability to do things because his leg is so oh the leg is done yeah leg is done his head is also done yeah and like maybe he has rallied his chin for one last good chin performance and this is it for him <laughs> I, this, froze. I had to refresh that Ooh, 13 seconds Ooh. left in the round in the middle of an exchange are you kidding me there we go I'm back Ten seconds left or less than the clock's okay. gone. So I know we're crazy biased, but I think it's four rounds. Gaethje. Should be. Definitely should be. What are the boys saying? Yeah, everyone's saying four. Four zero Gaethje. Oh man, I'm glad I didn't pay play Gaethje KO. Oh god, that would have been so frustrating. What Ryan's talking about now is how this would translate to Khabib, and I would say not as well as his original style would. Yeah. This is... I'm loving this fight, though. Like, this isn't what I wanted to see from Gaethje, but... My my friend, uh... My friend Dom, who, uh... Who bet on this fight, is, like, sending me updates of his scoring. He's like, 10-7, 10-8. Probably not, because these judges are so unreliable, but there's at least one 10-8 in there. Maybe that round, actually. Could have been. I mean... Yeah. Tony had the volume. He always has the volume, but could have been round three. Volume hasn't been all that effective. Yeah, but, you know, in terms of right. optics. I mean, if Tony doesn't finish him, I kind of think he's he's got this. Yeah, or, you know, robbery. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Gaethje finished him just because the way it's trending, but yeah, I, I, I would <laughs> like to see this go to decision. Tony tried to ankle pick him there. Yeah, it was cool. It almost worked. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Tony's leg. Oh, God, Tony's leg. That's the thing. I don't think Tony can go crazy, turn it up, just because his, yeah. his legs are so cooked. See, now Tony's just 100% southpaw right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, now he's back, but... <sighs> Gage, he's been so sharp with his counterpunching. I Love it. I'm sad that the evolution of his style has been more literal. <laughs> Evolving his style, he does... Uh, one overhand left hooked him, and Tony was fine. Yeah, I guess I'm sad oh, that oh. that it hasn't been uh, just like a fine tuning of the process he was already applying, and like the same weapons, like super pressure, hand fighting, uh, yeah. like knocking people around in tight. But this is that'll this work is really better cool too. Yeah, I think that would have worked better against Tony just to like put him away. Yeah, exactly. but this might have been a little but bit over more five general. rounds. Yeah, this is a lot better. So maybe we're stupid. <laughs> I mean. I'm at a 348. Yeah, I'm at 349. God, that combo Gaethje hit him with just yeah, perfect. crazy. That's kind of what I envisioned, like exactly how he'd go out, because he was saying left hand, and I'm like, I didn't think it was going to be a left hook in isolation. I thought it was going to be maybe after he hits him with the overhand, he's out of position, and left hook him, because he does tend to go off to the side when you hit him hard. I thought maybe he'd close the door on him and hit him going off. He just jabbed his face real hard. Oh, God, um, yeah. Oh, the left hook. One overhand left hook again. He stumbled him. Now he's all right straight. Oh. Tony's backing off right hook. Oh, he turned. 
<laughs> that was actually really that, that crafty. Worked. That worked. Crafty. That worked, Tony. Good spin move. It's that Dominic Cruz type philosophy. <laughs> Honestly, he was walking him into a right hook, so it wasn't the worst thing in the world to spin around the other way. Man, Tony is hurt. Yeah, Gacy kind of dominated him. Yeah. I think everyone was wrong about this fight. <laughs> and one gets to be right. <laughs> we, we had some of the dynamic right. We had a writer than others. That he would win. Yeah. <laughs> That's my point. And that it would be pretty decently wide. Yeah, it's just, like... There's that check hook. Oh, there's the left hook, yeah. Yeah, he's closing the door real well off that right hand. Oh, oh I doubled up on the left hook. Bully. <laughs> you mean bully, Justin. Don't do that to Tony. He's a nice guy. Ferg would have to be mega clutch to win this at this point. Oh, that would be legendary. I oh. I respect him forever if he did that. Oh, Whipping jab. Left jab dropped him. <laughs> this is a 10-8. This is like an amazing counterpunching performance, and it's like what we expected he could do. We just thought Tony would die when it happened. I, I Not, like this more than if Tony died. Yeah, it's much more impressive. It proves the point that he could do this. <laughs> yeah, it isn't just like, you know, if Tony died in the first one, that's a fluke. This is a master class. And I actually think, because it's weird, right? A lot of people were like, oh, Gaethje's just fighting more patiently, and I didn't really buy it because of his mm -hmm. opponents. But this is this is pretty much proof of that. And he made that adjustment where he was looking like he was on good track to gas himself out when he started loading up real hard in the left hook and kept missing, whiffing yeah. on it. And then he made that he started jabbing, and a lot of a lot of stuff helped. Oh, all that, jab stuff that jab The jab. Holy shit. Oh. He stopped it from yeah. the jabs. Whoa. Brilliant. Whoa. Gaethje stops him in the fifth. Big ups to everyone who bet Gaethje by knockout. <laughs> that was a bailout, wasn't it? Wow. That was kind of like Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler. Oh, Tony's mad about the stoppage. I'd be mad, too, if I was Tony Ferguson. All the all the shots he took, and that's how they stopped it. It was like Roy Mack, Robbie Lawler, except that Roy collapsed, and Tony was just, like, was so fucked yeah. up. Tony was just hurt, man. Dude, that, that was an awesome performance. That was... Oh, God. I mean, I don't, like, mind the stoppage because I'll, like, pretend it came from a doctor or, like, Tony's corner. But as a... Ref, like, as a, I can see as a referee stoppage it being, like, you know, shady. But, man. Just how good is Dustin Poirier? Very good. Very good. Uh, I'm, I'm super happy. Yeah. Cater won. I don't, I'm not happy about Cejudo winning, but at least I was right. I expected H it. H.E. had like a, more than I could have ever asked for. Although I just, it makes me worried about the Khabib fight now because like, I think he knows. I think he's yeah. talked about it before. He knows what he's supposed to do in that fight. I trust him. I believe. I believe in Justin. Damn, we gotta have Sean Madden back on. Yeah. I'm gonna say that right now. Alright, right now, what do we... I think uh, we rate that Tony in the 80s, right? Yeah, definitely 80s. High I, 80s. Higher than Cruz, though. Higher than Cruz? I think that's reasonable. 88? Mm. 
I think that's fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna punch it in. And I don't know if I had three wins for Gaethje before. This might be his induction to the top hundred. Yeah, you had what? You had Michael Johnson. You had James Vick. You had Barbosa and Cerrone. I think. I think you would get three out of there. Cerrone's kind of on the fringe, right? Oh, uh, he's number seventy-three right now. Nice. Michael Johnson, James Vick, Edson Barbosa, Donald Cerrone, Tony Ferguson, eighty-eight. I say that's a fifth quality win for you, Justin. And the average has gone up significantly. Very about how right he is. As you should be gloating, as you should be. Yeah, big big jump in average win quality there. And uh yeah. That makes that his number one win. Twenty twenty. Tony Ferguson. So, uh, Tony, MJ, Cerrone, that's his top three. That's solid. Not bad at all. That's uh, that's a really cool performance. I'm going to be watching that one a bunch of times. Yeah. And I think that's a good performance from Tony, too. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm in the process. I was totally wrong about where Tony was. Yeah, especially his chin. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, sweet. to go float to all my normie friends. Let's go. Alright, I feel good. Uh what what do you do you have anything to say? <laughs> uh, not really. Um Cool, cool night. This was actually pretty great. Oh, uh, yeah. That was fun. Um, what was your favorite fight of the night besides this one? Cater uh, Stevens, probably. Cater Stevens. Yeah, I really liked Cater Stevens. Um, that was a fun, short fight. Agreed. Agreed. I'll be rewatching several of these fights in the, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, no no wrestling to speak of that mattered, but... That was, that, uh, that was the, the one takedown. takedown. Yeah, that's the one. I might, I might do that one, honestly, just because, uh, yeah, he lost, but look at this cool thing he did. <laughs> the Shaman Morais method. <laughs> Losing in spite of yourself. Uh, yeah. Yep. No, I, I felt pretty good about that night, and uh, I'll, I'll mash all these together and I'll, I'll put them out to our, our patrons. Uh, and hopefully, I wasn't too bad with the timestamps, and you can watch along or listen along as you watch. But yeah, peace out, peace out, world. See you next week, probably. For Anthony Smith, we're not going to do a live commentary, but just oh no, that was Wednesday. That's Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. It's Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Peace out. Later.